And we're back. <laughs> it's the official start of everything are, I do. Are we doing a thing? Because you know, I, I don't know. We've been we've had a crack team of engineers in here. We've had several producers bossing us around, <laughs> telling us all sorts of craziness. I had to get bailed out by our IT guy because terrible. Uh, yeah, because you know, even though I'm audio to engineer be, fail. Yeah, even though I'm supposed to be some sort of you know technician. Uh, I'm out technicianed by the technicians that are here on our team of technicians at Free Talk Live. Yep. Those are all like one person, by the way. So, uh, I mean, Beard Talk Live. Sorry. I, I have to transition in my mind. Give me a minute. Oh, fuck yeah. We're unable to do the normal intro music. We've been using a song by Psycho Stick called Obey the Beard. And it's a great song. I love the song. Fix it in post. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, but, uh, yeah, just imagine that song has played. Uh, oh, and then also, too, because this is an uncensored show, I, I've been trying to remember to get this out of the way. Shit, piss, fuck, cunt, cocksucker, motherfucker, and tits. Yep. Uh, I actually did my homework from the last episode of Beard Talk Live. Uh, there was some question as to whether or not it was... Shit, piss, cunt, fuck, cocksucker, mother, tits, or shit, piss, fuck, cunt, cocksucker, motherfucker. I'm pretty tits. sure you said it both ways because I'm a listener of the show. I understand. Uh, and so I did my homework and I actually watched the George Carlin bit, the seven dirty words that you can't say on television. And it is indeed shit, piss, fuck, cunt, cocksucker, motherfucker, and tits. So the third one is fuck. Okay. And then the fourth one is cunt. I will not remember that. Shit, piss, Fuck, cunt, cocksucker, motherfucker, tits. Got it. All right. So, uh, yeah, Beard Talk Live, uh, episode five? Sure. I think we're, we're five eps old today. What is today? The 17th or something? The peak of Beard Talk Live. Yes. Because finally, I am here. <laughs> <laughs> yes. There's no telling the loads that will go. <laughs> Uh, so some of you, who, you said rich beer talk live needs you. Yes. Some of you who have, uh, watched and listened to the previous four episodes of beard talk live may, may take notice that while yes, the show is still plenty bearded, uh, we're, we switched things up a little bit. Yep. There's a, a couple of beards that are not here and, uh, we have a, a, a guest beard, if you will. Not that your beard is guesting. This like, is not a guest beard. No, it's not like that's your actual beard. Yes. So that's one of the reasons that uh, we asked you specifically, uh, you know, hey, man, do, let's do Beard Talk Live because you already meet the requirement. Which, as a prank, it did cross my mind <laughs> to shave it off before coming in tonight just to see how you would react. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, there's so much vested in this beard. Along with mayonnaise and mustard. And- it would have been funny. Hey, uh, do you want to do the, the question that you wanted me to ask when, when callers do the thing? I'm going to press the button. I mean, these are already pre-screened, but go ahead. Like this, the, I, I suggested this like after episode two, and I haven't heard you do it yet, so let's do it since uh, I'm here. All right, go ahead. Beer Talk Live. Who the fuck is this? Caller? Caller going once. Oh, you ruined it, caller. Uh, let's put that call back on hold. Set up with no payoff. Beard Talk Live. Who the fuck is this? Am I doing something wrong? No. Do you have to unmute him? No. They're, they're unmuted. I hear something. 
major passed out. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll come back to that. All right. We'll come back to that. Beard Talk Live. Who the fuck is this? Yeah. Try it again. One more time. Is there a call there? Caller? No call. All right. Well, I guess we better talk about some shit then, Richie Rich. What do you got? Whoa. If we if we ain't got no calls. Uh, what I the, loaded up on did. the show prep you for did, tonight, knowing that I was double dipping. I I have some some fucking show prep. I will um, I will also say this one of the, again as a listener yeah. of Beer Talk Live, um, I wasn't sure how much show prep was actually needed. Well, and because with three people, the conversation just seems to always flow. Yeah, we've been just rolling. Just right. okay, let's start talking. Uh, and l- let's see if we can do that now. Beard Talk Live, who the fuck is this? Uh, this is fucking Jack. Hey, fucking Jack. How the fuck are you? Uh, Waiting to make this fucking call for fucking way too fucking long. <laughs> well, but thanks hey, a fucking lot. I want to talk about Marvel fucking comedy, and or not, I call it comedy, I guess. They're action movies. Okay. I'm getting sick of all they're doing with Robert De Niro and or whatever that guy is. Robert now. Downey Jr.? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, since you know, Disney like, took over, it's it's got that, like, Disney. Disney's a lot like CBS. Everything they make just has this way about it. Yeah, this, okay. you know, I don't want to call it branding because it's not really branded, but, like, just you recognize that it is, like, they have a method yeah, right? and you recognize formulaic. that it is that method that they've applied to the Marvel movies. Now, I, like because Marvel was already established uh, as a, a universe in the movies and all that kind of thing, like the movies that were made up until Disney acquired them, in my opinion, were kick ass. Okay, so let me jump in here real quick then, because yeah. I agree that the Infinity Saga was mm-hmm. definitely kick ass. Yes, and I think part of the downslide downslide after that was because of how grandiose that was right how do you top it and that becomes different because setting up the marvel cinematic universe was so brand new and so innovative right that others tried to copy it and failed um and then where do you go right now i did i just watched uh the new thor right Mm -hmm. love and thunder and I, i don't get all the hate like it was, it was an enjoyable standard Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. Jack, what the yeah. fuck do you think? Uh, uh, what was Thor movie? Fucking, I don't fucking care enough to know. Renovok or Renovok or whatever. It's Ragnarok. Hilarious. Yeah, yeah. It's hilarious. So the new one, That's same director, comedy. same okay, same type enough. of comedy. The first Thor was a different director. I'm assuming. I think the first two Thors were different directors, and then. Yeah. Taika Waititi came on for Ragnarok and Love and Thunder. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Love and Thunder looked like a, a dare I say, a, a Van Halen like poster. You know, it looked like wow, that looks like fun. It was. <laughs> it was fun. Yeah. There's there nothing like there was nothing blowing away. Right. It was like oh my god, I have to. You know, this is the greatest Thor movie I've ever seen. Yep. But for for a yeah, Saturday Thor, night awesome. popcorn movie, yeah. I mean, it's fantastic. Um, and okay, um, you know, I am. I lean a little bit more to the right. I'm more 
learned from you guys over the years to be libertarian. But who's that one actor from um, Anchorman? The Will Ferrell? Head guy. Will Ferrell? Yeah, he came out for uh, Stacey Abrams in Georgia. You know what? I still don't give a fuck. I still like his movies. <laughs> I, the only yourself. Will Ferrell movie that I like is Anchorman. Okay. Yeah. Like, oh there's a couple of movies that he's in that, like, the movies are okay, but mostly because he's not the main guy. Okay. You know, like... I mean, I, I, I'll I, take Talladega Nights, too. I feel like Anchorman is the movie that Will Ferrell was born to play. Yes. Uh, Ron Burgundy is Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell is Ron Burgundy, and, like, the rest of his work, eh. I didn't really like him very much on Saturday Night Live, either. Interesting. Yeah. Have you ever seen Tight Pants? He did it with uh, Jimmy Fallon. It's really funny. They put really tight pants on, and they dance in front of like a '70s uh, Johnny Carson back. Um, what do they call that? I don't know. Backdrop, background. Back. Yeah, Backdrop. stuff you hang by a window. It's so hilarious. Is that like had, Night uh, at the Roxbury? No, because that no, wasn't Jimmy Fallon. That. that was Chris oh, Kattan. That was Chris Kattan, right? Yeah. No. No, that was also uh, the other guy. No, it was Chris Kattan. I'll take Richie's word yeah. for it. He seems confident. Yeah. Chris Kattan and uh, <laughs> Will Ferrell were both in Night at Roxbury. Yeah, but it wasn't Jimmy Fallon wasn't the main part of Night at the Roxbury. The funniest yeah. Night at the Roxbury skit was when Jim Carrey was hosting. Because he can also do the I'm talking about the thing. movie, not the uh, bit from the recurring okay. bit from Saturday Night Live. So who was in the movie? Same. Okay. That's what I thought. Yeah. My funny part, my funny, my favorite part is when he hits his head on the window. I don't know why. But I always laugh. He's doing his little head thing. He breaks the fuck flipping window. Fucking window. I you can say it. This is beard talk life. Yeah. Yeah. Thank fucking Christ. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> Entertaining guy. Super talented. Speaks multiple languages. I get the and feeling I hate his politics, but I'm still gonna watch his movies. I get the feeling, Jack. You've been drinking. Um, it is Saturday. You say that like a question. It is. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's Saturday, yeah. Uh-huh. You guys are fun. It's like a throwback to the old Wheels Off Liberty. What you drinking on tonight, I, that's, Jack? Yeah, that's what I, I'm curious. Honestly, I, I don't that ice. I don't drink hard alcohol because that'd be too weird. What does Bonnie think? Oh, uh, I don't know. Bonnie what do you think, Bonnie? Bonnie doesn't have a beard, and she can't hear. She's not listening to the show. She's in her own little world. She's just on camera to get more people to watch the feed. <laughs> yeah, it's literally we're using yeah, her for eye candy at this point. So, but but what effective marketing since the '60s. <laughs> what what yeah. what did you say you were drinking, Jack? Ah, uh, just natural ice, man. I've had about seven or eight smoked weed. Natty ice. Oh, it. and and uh, bong or bull. Um, I go either. Tonight it was a pipe, okay. an old fashioned metal pipe. Oh, metal even. Oh, going old school. I had a uh, um, um, a wisdom tooth pulled two Ooh. days ago, so Ow. I'm a little bit different. It, they pulled a piece of my skull out with it. Yeah. Ouch. Yeah. They say two aspirin and, or <laughs> not aspirin, uh, two uh Tylenol and one ibuprofen. Man, when I had my wisdom teeth pulled, they gave me Percocets. Really? And yeah, then I traded me. those to my girlfriend's mom to let her spend the night. <laughs> <laughs> girlfriend True girlfriend story. Mom. That's a great trade. 
I thought so. I mean, you won on that one. I think Absolutely. you got the most value Absolutely. out of that trade. Yeah. My mom says I can spend the night if you give her two Percocets. Deal. Uh, Jack, the, <laughs> the the natty ice that you're drinking, a uh, bottle, can? Uh, just a uh, small can there. Is it 12 ounce? Yep, yep. Okay, so not the pounders. I buy a 15-pack, and I usually drink about eight of them. You, you bought a 15-pack? The uh, they make 15-packs yeah, of beer yeah. now? Shrinkflation, man. Yeah, inflation's real, man. Shrinkflation's real, that's for sure. Why does anybody... 15-pack for the same price as an old 24. Yeah. Why does anybody eat the McDonald's? Have you guys had McDonald's at all lately? No. Not not lately, but I'll be honest. I've been craving it. Um, Yeah. Much like... That's right. You do eat the fast food. Much like Jeffrey Tucker, man. I'm a fast food connoisseur. Yeah. I like, used to be. I love the fast food. I'm I'm off the fast food. I'm technically off the fast food? food as well. Yeah. I mean tonight What's I you know favorite? I came in with like Jersey Mike's. Yeah, you right? did. It's That's a not really fast. That's it's a yeah. it's at least way better for you than McDonald's. Maybe and Wendy's I don't know. And, it was a you know. foot long man or whatever they, they called. Would the you giant. get the big Kahuna? Or? Uh, I forget. It was like so, uh, I'll was look it Italian up. or something. Okay. No, it was. Oh. It had steak tips and some other stuff. Oh, okay. But you know it's. I put in the order, and like 15 minutes later, it's ready. Right? I don't, I'm not right. sitting down at a restaurant. It's like grab and go. Right. So, but like McDonald's, I'm missing the McDonald's. Been craving some Taco Bell. What do you order at McDonald's? Oh, man. It can't be McNuggets. No, They're no. Disgusting. Well, yes and no. Like, I will crave the McNuggets, and then I will get, you know, the, the 20 piece for myself, and then a couple extra things if I'm craving the nuggets. But usually it's the double quarter pounder meal. And then a cheeseburger and an extra fry. The yeah, uh, the most stoned thing I ever created at McDonald's was, uh, you know, they have the uh, the McDoubles. Yep. And then they have the Big Macs, and sometimes they would both be on sale. Okay. It'd be like two Big Macs for five bucks or something like that, and then the the McDoubles were always like two dollars or whatever, right? So what you do is you get yourself a couple of McDoubles and one Big Mac. And you just strip the buns away from the McDoubles and slide the McDoubles into where the one patty is in the Big Mac, and you have basically a six-patty Big Mac. Nice. Yeah. It was we're, nice. Yeah, was it you that was telling me about the land, sea, and air? Mm, no, it was somebody else. Okay. But what's the land, sea, and air? I'm trying to remember. Uh, I forget all the three pieces, but it's like the, the beef patty, the chicken patty, and, and the, the fish, fish patty, patty right? all in one. All in one sandwich. And apparently... It's the secret McDonald's menu that you can actually go in and ask for a land, sea, and air, and they will know what you're talking about. Really? That was the alleged claim. It wasn't a make-believe. Uh-huh. It wasn't like, hey, I bought these three things, and I put them together as like I ordered the land, sea, and air, yeah. and this is what they gave me. Interesting. I haven't tried it yet because I haven't been back to McDonald's. But Jack, what do you order from McDonald's? Uh, cheeseburgers, and I hope they're hot. And maybe a small fry, and typically they have not they've not been hot. You should just order a Happy Meal, bro, and you get the toy with it. it. <laughs> there's no toys left. There's no toys left. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there is. Yeah, as big as your head, so the kid doesn't swallow it, so they get sued. I mean, it's not fun anymore. I mean, did the toys need to be small to be fun? Like, what were no, you doing with the toys? Huge. Oh. I remember the toys. He I man, think I don't know. I, I don't think know. I had them all. Trying to get the full collection Donald. of Mac tonight. 
I might be older than no. the Happy Meal. No. Like, I don't remember getting the I'm Happy 42. Meal How as a kid. How old are you, uh, Captain? Well, I'm 50. I kind of want to blame your parents for that. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah <laughs> oh, it looked like you were about to cry for a second. I was just about a to sneeze. sneeze, yeah. <laughs> I had to hold that back because, uh, <laughs> you know, we, we're having technicalties here in the studio. Uh, so can I bring some politics real quick? Uh, I don't know. Can you? Oh, yeah. what a dick okay. move. Oh, you I can. Professor can. Captain. You can. With the linguistics. But but you, you should cuss first. A uh, uh, fucking mother effing fucking love you, motherfuckers. I've been listening for you, all of you, for fucking years. <laughs> we got to dock him for the mother effing, though. Even when Aria and Bonnie and I listen. With, o- with only mother effing, you can only bring up liberal politics. Go. I have to bring up only liberal politics. Well, because instead of cussing, you said mother effing, and I gotta, you gotta, it's gotta be a oh, penalty shit. somewhere. Yeah. yeah. There you go. That's better. Yeah. All right. Go ahead. I've always tried to call into in my life. I tried to call him Lars Larson once in Portland back in when I was fucking like 21. Yeah. He finally took my fucking call. He was a rude ass dick and the screen over the dick. And hey, you guys are real people and people enjoy you. Appreciate that. What did you want to bring up? Yeah. Um, let's see. Oh, we're fast food. Something politics. Go He's got a list. They uh, have a huge sign. You go into Martha's Vineyard, says everyone's welcome. If this is a uh, sanctuary, a town, or island, or whatever. Oh. And, you know, they don't do that. Okay, so we talked about this a little bit on Free Talk Live, right? I don't think it's not that they don't do that. Because if you look at the liberal media side of things... They kind of did, right? They welcomed them in, the, you know, fresh off the bus, whatever time of night or day that was, stranded in a strange location. And the liberal media shows pictures of people, people from Martha's Vineyard bringing them blankets and food and water and taking care of them, right? And then kicking them off the island shortly thereafter. And my point on Free Talk Live was it's probably because of the way it was handled. Right. If you were if you told them in advance that you were sending a busload of people and they had time to prepare the sanctuary, right, get the room set up, get the blanket set up, get the get, yeah, you know, just and yeah, then prepped. bring them in prepped, yeah. then maybe they would have been more welcoming. Right. And kicking them off the island isn't necessarily a bad thing either I, if they're not prepared to care for them properly. Are you sure that this just isn't some demented game show, right? You've been kicked off the island, right? Squid Game America. Yeah. You know, like, it seems like like, there's a producer somewhere and a bunch of film people and a best boy and some grips. You know, I'm just throwing MVTV? Random. random. Truman's, whatever that Jim Carrey movie was. Truman Show. Truman Show, yeah, yeah. It's also Ed TV. It's something like that. Like it's it all computers, it's zeros and ones though, and we don't see it. It wouldn't surprise me if, you know, they, like there will be a movie about this. Right? right, somebody will make a movie about this. Who's going to star in the movie? Who will be the immigrants? Uh, Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> Whitewash the hell out of that some bitch. <laughs> it probably will be Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> <clears throat> but like, okay, so again, hear me out, right? Yes. If they if they had prepared properly, right, would they not have been would they not have been allowed in? Like what is what is the expectation of conservative media? Right? They're gonna drop off these immigrants and the people of Martha's Vineyard are just going to say, All right, 
come on in, you live here now, right? Right. Is that is that the expectation? That doesn't even sound like a sanctuary city. That sounds like a hostel, right? Or or a, a, a halfway house yeah. or something, which is fine if that's what you want to do. But just because you know your city board or your local government or whomever in that area, even if everyone agrees to it, says we're a sanctuary city, right? That doesn't mean that you get to live in whatever house is on the block, right? It just means that if you were here, we're not going to deport you, right? And we're not going to turn you into the feds. Right, right, right. No, it, to me, it's your logic is sound. Like, that's what should have been done if they actually gave a fuck about these people. But they don't. Right. Neither side. Instead, what they were doing was using them for news coverage, for press. Pawns for in a political game. That is correct. And as soon as they were done with them, kicked them to the side. Right. But that, got, off that was aisle. on camera, too, though. Like, that yeah. was... You know, like, oh, look at that. They they said they're Sanctuary City, but they just bust them away. Well, yeah. Like, predictable outcome. Where did they bust them to? I don't know. Yeah. They were, they were apparently, the immigrants themselves were told that they were being sent to Boston, and then they got dropped off in Martha's Vineyard. Right. So, I don't know, you know, if they got took, if they were taken to, I think they got busted like a military base. They're being housed at a military base now or something. Uh, uh, along with the, uh, the kids in cages? Maybe. Who knows? I have no idea. Because, you know, they moved those bastards to uh, a military base, and this is the last anybody ever fucking heard about it. <laughs> yeah. Fucking we, finally. Yeah, we, we did a, a story about it where, like, one kid tried to escape after they moved them to the to the military base, and he successfully, like, jumped the fence or whatever, but they caught him yeah. because they're the military, and he's on a base or whatever, and so they put him back in. Can I ask a real quick question? I don't know. Can you? Oh, Jesus. I like it. You doubled up on that. Yes. <laughs> Maybe. Go ahead. When he went to the bathroom, this kid, you're like, can I use the bathroom? And the teacher say, I don't know, can you? Yes. That's um, when the kid should like whip it out and piss on the floor. <laughs> that would be awesome. But Richie Rich, why are you called Richie Rich and why is the peace flag sideways? Uh, I, I have no idea why the peace flag is sideways. I do not hang the signs or the flags. Uh, I am Richie Rich. This is, man, Ian. Ian is listening to this. This might be a, like a throwback to Ian. Uh-oh. Uh, at one point in time, whilst making my journey through the liberty and freedom-oriented fields, there was a podcast uh, by a gentleman named Eric Huru. W-H-O-R-U. Who are you? I am Eric. Who are you? And in listening to his podcast at the time, uh, he said, like, well, what, what is in a name? Right. What what exactly is a name? And he defined a name as the label giving to a piece of property by the owner thereof. So you name your dog, you name your cat, you name your boat. Some people name their cars. Uh, I had a friend who would name all of his electronic devices. But the name you were given was given to you presumably by someone who claimed ownership over you. And to reject that ownership. Yeah. Right means to reject the name that they gave you. Right. So I shortened my legal name down to Rich. Well, as it turns out, when you fill out forms on the web, uh, they want a last name. Right. And I didn't have a last name, just Rich. And so I put Rich in again. Okay. And Rich Rich sounds weird. So I put an E in the middle. So it kind of rolls off the tongue better. And I figured, well, what the hell is the E supposed to stand for? See, I thought that you were just a fan of the old comic book, Richie Rich. I was also a fan of the comic book. Oh, okay. But that 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 may have played an influence into why I chose to stick with that name. Yeah. 
but to change the name from you know the the legal ownership name right right was inspired by that definition uh, that's kick ass that you have a uh, sort of an origin story of Absolutely. Richie Rich I I enjoy that Jack uh, yeah what's Ian's uh, Ian's uh, where did he come up with Ian uh, he's not on the show so I I can't really answer that for you kind of a joke because his name's probably Ian. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm pretty sure that that was his his birth name. Uh, I think everybody knows my name's not Jack. <laughs> no, we didn't. No, didn't know that at all. I actually thought oh, your right. name was Jack. Oh, are you Josh, are you Jack smirking revenge? No, I'm just joshing you. My name's Jack. Or is oh. it Josh? Make up your mind. I'm just gonna start making up names for you, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> call you whatever the fuck I want uh, I'll miss every fucking uh, field goal from the bill yeah uh, Captain Kickass uh, I've told the, the origin story many times but it's basically just somebody tried to insult me uh, because I knocked over his beer and he's like way to go Captain Kickass you knocked over my fucking beer and then uh, I had joined a band and I needed a pseudonym and uh you know, one guy's name was Humongous, H-U-G-H, and then Space Mungus. Like, uh, I believe he got that from uh, the Mel Gibson post-apocalypse movie, uh, Road Warrior. Oh, okay. Right? Mad Max? Uh, Mad Max, yeah. The Mad Max series. There was a character in there uh, in the maybe the Thunderdome whose name okay. was Humongous. Nice. And so he just spelled it a little differently. And then uh, the other guy's uh, made-up name was... Eugenius, the human pump handle slamming machine, buckshot Esquire, if you will. If you will. And then they were like, what's yours going to be? And I was like, how about Captain Kickass? And they're like, yeah, that'll be great. And like, they busted out this old like World War II style army helmet. And uh, I drew a CK on it. So it, just in like a Sharpie. And then uh, I used to do this pose known as the special K. If you hold a guitar and... And you stick your left arm out like you're holding the end of the guitar, and you stick your left leg out, and you keep the rest of your body straight, and then put your right arm up completely straight. When a light shines on you, it casts the shadow of the letter K for kick-ass. Nice. And so if you did it right on the right stage with the right lighting, you could get like a silhouette of a K behind you as you do this pose called the special K. I'm surprised no one put like a little OC in the C on your CK on your helmet. Yeah, I mean, we weren't really like not that juvenile. I mean, we were juvenile, okay, <laughs> but like not towards each other as oh. much, right? Well, what's the I fun mean, in that? Well, we were in ways, right. but not like when it come when it came to like stage gear and you know what, your appearance and and that kind okay. of a thing. It wasn't, you know, it was just humongous. For example, wore a sequined Mexican wrestling mask. Nice, like the entire time. Uh, For a little while, there was a wrestler whose name was Hugh G. Rection. Yeah. General Rection. Yeah. Uh, Humongous would drive the band van two gigs in full costume, wearing the sequined Mexican wrestling mask. And so as we're driving up, it was a beat up, rusty fucking van. And, you know, we were musicians, so we do musician things. And so we'd be driving down the streets of Seattle, Washington, on our way to a gig, getting all of the looks. Right? I'm surprised we Thank never got you. pulled over. Not one fucking time. Not one time did we get yeah. pulled over. We got a lot of laughter, but, you know. Prior to COVID, I used to drive with a mask on, and I was pulled over several times for it. 
Yeah, I bet you were. Yeah. I used to, uh, like, people would get in trouble going into the banks during the wintertime wearing their ski masks and yeah. things. Uh, but now, like, if somebody wears a mask into the bank, it, it seems to be okay still. Yeah. There was one time uh, I was wearing the mask, and I pulled the, you know, is that a request or an order? Yeah. And the cop said, well, it's just a request. And I said, well, then I'm not taking it off. <laughs> How do we know this is you? Well, sir, that is a piece of plastic, and I am me. So, yeah, good times. I don't think I ever got a ticket yeah. for it, just harassment. The only reason Captain Kickass stuck as a name. Am I still here? Yeah, you're still here. Yeah. Hold on just a second. Seattle, Seattle during the grunge days, I was there, and I lived in Portland, Vancouver, Washington at that time, but I'd go up there and go to the to the concerts. You know, I was bad religion. I was rancid. Nice. Um, you know, that like, was some beautiful days. I like bad religion. Uh, rancid, yeah. too. Um, Long ago, when a rusty it was full. He's going to serenade us now. <laughs> yeah. How many Natty Ices are you up to now, Jack? Or Bill? Or Dave? Whatever the fuck I'm your name is. I'm the same one, actually. Nursing. I think um, Nursing. I have my tooth pulled. So I have a. I think it's the, the pill on my, my tooth. I Means you can't drink oh, from a straw. Either. You're drinking while you took the the pill, the medication. What, what are you on Percocets? I always have no, he said like aspirin and ibuprofen. Oh, I thought the doc gave him like something. No, you know. no, they don't do that anymore. I got uh, the Percocets. Oh, that's yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I, yeah, but uh, yeah, bad religion. Those days were amazing. Some of the bands I saw just walking into a. Just a hole in the wall. Do you ever get to see the Misfits? No, but I love the Misfits. Yeah. I've only been to one concert in my whole life. What? Yep. Not a music guy. Wow. What? Do you like listen to music? What you listen to like life? glam metal, don't you? Uh, I do enjoy glam metal. Okay. But I, it's not, you know, I don't play it often. Okay. I listen to podcasts and other stuff. Yeah. Like I don't, there's rarely any music in my life. For the most part. Wow. I don't so seek it intro. out. I want to talk about your intro. That's Rebel Inc. Oh, yeah. Right? We found out the answer, Jack. It's The band is called Rebel Inc. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, write that down. Your Grab intro. a crayon and write it on your forehead or something. Cron. I'll remember it, dude. I'm not that messed up. Dude. Okay. Okay, what's it called? Well, we are because we do it before and we also forgot. Yeah, what's, what's the name of the band? Jack? Uh, Captain Kickass, I don't know. I just told you Pop the name. quiz, jackass. I just told you the name of the band, and you're like, I don't need to write it down. I remember it. So what is I'm it? I'm not perfect, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, next time you ask, we are not going to remind you. Yeah. You were warned. Yeah. We'll tell you to go back to the archives and re-listen to this whole episode just to find out where uh, where we said the name of the Listen band. to yourself on Beer Talk Live for the answers, you see. Yeah. Jack, do you have a beard? Yeah. I had some really, in fact, I tried to call in earlier to um, Free Talk Live about my beard. I grew a beautiful, healthy beard one day, and I hadn't seen someone for a long time, so I want to surprise him with the beard. So you and do have like, a beard? Wow. I can grow really good beards. Do you have one yes, now? I have a beard right now. Okay, all right. Do I have a beard right now, honey? Yeah. Who, who are you I calling, honey? Sounded like his mom. Um, love my life. <laughs> your mom? No. <laughs> you don't love your mom? Oh. My mom is love my life. That's ironic. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you don't love your mom, then you never had one. Sorry. 
Oh, he's loving, he's touching, he's squeezing your mother. He's tearing her apart. Oh, what's that song about brothers? I have a brother's a war veteran stuck in Argentina. Parting his fucking ass off. I had to cuss. I forgot him cussing. He's on coke here and there. They deliver it in a taxi to his house. He's living in a mansion for 400 a month. Nice. He's just so fucked up. And I don't know what to do, you know? Hey, Jack, hold on just a minute. Hold on, hold on. Stand by. Free Talk Live, or Beard Talk Live. Who the fuck is this? Caller? All right. Nobody there. Back to Jack. Jack, are you still there? Yeah, is that a commercial? Uh, no. For you, why not? Uh, Was that Porcupine Real Estate? There appears to be at least one caller. And now perhaps a second caller. Put him on hold again. Let yeah, him hey, listen to commercials. Jack, hang on. Hang on. Beard Talk Live. Who the fuck is this? Who the fuck are you? <laughs> Mom, <give me> ten. <laughs> All right. Hold on just a minute, Major. Stand by. Yeah, I was no, say. I don't want. <laughs> hey, Jack, are you still there? Yeah, I'm listening, man. Just let him talk funny. to each other for All a right, little stand bit. Stand by. Hey, Major, are you still there? No, I'm not fucking here. All right, all right, stand by. Hang on. <laughs> all right, they're both on hold now. Yeah, so put them both on and just let them talk to each other for a little bit. You have to press uh, one air button and then lock it in a second time. Press it once to bring them on and press it again and it'll lock the caller. All right. And then conference Major, Jack, are you both here? Major Payne? That's right. Meet Jack. Jack, meet Major Payne. I love Major Payne. I've never been jacked up so much in my life. <laughs> How are you doing? <laughs> Just go on. Major, talk, and I'm going to listen because I enjoy it when you talk. Go ahead. Oh, take the fun I'll, out of our little gag. I'll, I'll give her hell as I usually do. I'm going to dive into the well of souls. Okay, hang on. Major, what, what are you... Major Jack Motion Shorts is listening. Major, what are you drinking tonight? Uh, whiskey and water. What kind of whiskey? I don't know, but I, I dive into the charcoal well. I've told wow. you about my carbonization. You, your your microphone or whatever you're talking into there is uh, uh, being overwhelmed by your boisterousness. Six inches back. You tell him, Jack. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, we can hear you. I guess. Would it be better if I took you off speaker? Oh, much better. Yes, please, and thank you. For the last time, yes. All right. So, more better? Oh, yeah. Mo wow. better. Mo cheddar. Wow. That's, it's almost okay. like a real phone call. Better than a real phone call. First one sounded like a real phone call. Who can, can drive such a thing? Ah. <laughs> I, do you have something going on in the background, Major? Do you have the show on playing in the background? I hear. Oh a little, yeah, I'll crank it down a little bit. I ain't got it up loud. But yeah, it I, 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 it's affecting the delay and like making yeah. you take longer to say things. I'm sure, oh. that's the background. Is that more better? <laughs> uh, more better. More better. Yeah. More better. More better. All right. Took a crash landing. Major, did you have any uh, questions for Jack? Major, read something. What? 
I have Jack and Major Payne both on the line at the same time, and you guys are kind of talking to each other, so go ahead. Yeah, Major, you have some of the best comments. You read some of the best things, and usually I don't listen to long dialogue, but you make sense, and it's Saturday night, brother. So what do you feel about Martha's Vineyard? Oh, Martha's Vineyard. Oh, that was that was a good one, yeah. They sent... Uh, the best berry I ever tasted. They sent 50 Mexicans, and Eric took quite offense when I called them wetbacks, into Martha's Vineyard. And uh, my thought was, well, hell, they just sent gardeners that obviously <laughs> rich people need. Why in the hell would you not let them live in your shed? Put him oh, to work. God, he slammed my door with the wind. These are good I questions. Don't you don't have to pay them, just give them room and board. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, these people are willing to live in your shed and tend your roses. Why would you throw them away? <laughs> it's a shame when folks be throwing away a perfectly good white boy like that. What movie is that from? <laughs> well, I, I, no I, I... There's a movie where, I, like... I think it's John Cusack, of all people. He falls into, like, a, the back of a garbage truck, and then there's some construction guys or, uh, you know, utility guys up on a light pole, and they see this truck go by, and they see this, like, you know, this white kid, you know, in the back of the garbage truck, and the one guy looks at it, and he's like, that's a shame when folks be throwing away a perfectly good white boy like that. I'm not familiar with that. I can't that remember one. the movie. Is it Better Off Dead, maybe? I don't know if I've ever seen that one. Oh, you are missing out on one of the 80s the greatest Navigator? movies. Navigator? That was a great movie. The Navigator from the 80s. Flight of the Navigator? It's a Navigator. Some kid oh. that was picked up by aliens. Yeah, Flight of the Navigator. Navigator. Yeah, Flight of the Navigator. It looked like a seashell. <laughs> Love that movie. Ator. All words that end with A-T-O-R make great band names. Changed my mind. He travels through time and comes back like younger than his younger brother or something. Oh, some of What's that? I said, son of the instigator. Instigator. One more time. Instigator. That's like, uh, there's a whole automotive theme around it too. So like, accelerator, radiator, right? There's a break. Uh, there's one more too. Sponsored by Ford. Refrigerator. Uh, there's there's the whole like bodily. Uh, since we're uncensored, uh, there's a whole like bodily function. Ator. Uh, Urinator. Urinator. Defecator. Masturbator. Uh, uh, what is it? What is you it? Say when the F word, by the way, bad slave. Menstruator. Who's bad? Bad slave isn't on this fucking call. <laughs> Oh, uh, what's the other one? Um, we got to talk. He does have a beard, though. <laughs> has he beard. would be welcome on this call. I have a beard, man. Gosh darn it, I have a beard. I, oh, you simulated free bastards. You're a bad slave, right? Menstruator? No, it's not bad no. slave. You're talking to Major Payne. Major Sorry. Prostator. I don't know that that's actually a word, but again, I feel like that was a a Mitch Hedberg bit at one point too. Joke right there, I think. 
You just take what the thing does and add or to the end of it. No, no, no. Ator, specifically. Okay. A-T-O-R. So we used to have a we used to have a whiteboard up in our band rehearsal room, and on that whiteboard, yeah, on that whiteboard, we would write out, we'd think of a new word that ended in ator and write it down on that board. And somewhere in my archive of photos, I have a picture of it was that, it was more than one whiteboard, but it, you see, we had like four columns of words that end in ator, and it just never gets old. The other day. One of my old drummers pinged me. Hang on, let me see if he pinged me and was like, hey, man, check this one out. And he's like, that never gets old, does it? And I'm like, nope, it sure doesn't. Let's see. When you were in school, was the blackboard black or green? Green. Oh, green, definitely green, green yeah. Uh, he said, luminator. Mm. He just sent that to me in all caps with three excl- exclamation points. I knew exactly what he meant because we've had this Ator band name thing for 20, 30 years now. Uh, and then, uh, so he said luminator and, uh, I replied with when they get sick, they become ill luminator cause I'm a cheesy bastard, which is still how I turn on my lights at home. <laughs> no, Can you we go back to the Marvel movies though, because I don't feel like we finished this. I didn't get everyone's thought on it. Well, let's, let's ask major pain. Major, do you watch the Marvel sure. comics movies? Sorry. What about the Marvel Comics movie? Do you watch them? No, sir. Really? You are missing out. Well, I have I, I never believed in superheroes as I am my own. I am Captain fucking Fantastic, dude. <laughs> you fucking said it. I thought you were major I fucking am. pain. Yes, sir. I have endured said, and I will return said. I think the Marvel movies, if we're going to go back to it, um, fills a gap or maybe ruined theater movies as well. Mm. Because there there are movies that you would go see in theater that no longer feel theater worthy because they don't carry the same scope as a Marvel blockbuster. They carry Listerine? That sure. Instead of scope. Little, yes. Niche Kirkland brand peppermint mouthwash. You. I think Jack's trying to say something. Her Dave or Bob or Greg, whatever the hell his name is. What? Some movies surprise you. They do, but they they surprise me on torrents after the fact, right? Like when 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 it was a thing, I had Movie Pass, and I know they just relaunched, and I'm not going to get it again. But at that time, I saw er, like every movie that I was allowed to see yeah. in theaters. I went to go see. Without that. You know, 15, 20 bucks for a movie ticket, it better blow me away. Right. And at the time, Marvel movies were the only thing where I'm like, I'm willing to pay $20 to see this on the big screen. Yeah. Right? Like, Do you I'm have not, a specific movie in mind? Uh, that blew me away for Marvel? Oh, that first Iron Man. Yeah. I don't know if I don't know if I saw that one in theaters. I did because okay. like I, Iron Man was one of these comics that like stuck with me as a kid. Like I read a whole bunch of comics and I forgot most of them, but for whatever reason, Iron Man like just stuck with me as one of my faves. And so okay. uh, when they announced that that movie was coming out, I waited in you know anticipation for it, and it came out. There was this place uh, in in the Seattle area where they they serve beer and booze and food like in your seat. 
Okay. Uh, they take out every other seat and replace every other seat with a little tall table. Nice. And they got rolls of paper towels hanging there. And there's a little button you can press. So if your beer's empty, they'll just come by and get you a refill. It's a pretty sweet setup. It's expensive, but the preferred place to go yeah. because <sighs> it's 21 plus, And guess what? That means no, no kids. kids. Right. And plus, you get to drink while you're watching a freaking movie. A yeah. fucking movie. So I still thinking I'm yeah. on the regular show, not the. Somebody finally got it right. So, so for me, we went to see the first Doctor Strange in 3D, mm. and that was oh, that'd be fun, phenomenal, right? I did not for, see that in 3D for the visuals alone, yeah. right? From What's the beginning, the, the beginning shot of that movie looks so great in 3D, yeah. where they go like, "This is what I'm, this is what I'm paying the extra money for." Yeah, right there, yeah. sold. What's the actor's name? Oh, it's uh, Engelbert uh, Cucumber Patch, <laughs> something like that. Humper Humperdink, like what he is, is it? Benedict Cumberbatch, ben- Benadryl. Where's a patch? Something like that. <laughs> but he, I, you oh, know, like that's that's going the going experience that you pay for. Into the well of souls or not? Oh, what, is the, what is the actor's name? Oh, sorry. Wait, wait. that's what I said. Yeah, bad slave. Go ahead. Major, you said something. What was it? I said, are you boys going to let me take you into the well of souls or not? That's why I called. Is that, is that the a, new Doctor Strange? No. I, it, is that a bar? Are we going to the bar? No, we're going deep into humanity and and history and uh, hell, history. Well, way there to bring the go. show down, but go ahead. You know how I like to dabble in Latin. You like the devil in Latin? Well, I will dive into the well of souls, and I have come out of it. Somewhere on a Wouldn't Latin chick? Wouldn't you want to, like, it's lower yourself story. down the well of souls and, like, the bucket of the well of souls? Well, I tell you what, you better save a couple of hay pennies clearing your eyes so the boatman will take you across has it gone down in price? I thought it was like a penny a piece. No, a hay penny. That's a half. I know. Don't you recall our further conversation? No, I do. I just thought you had you needed two pennies to get the boatman, yeah. not a penny. Well, I don't know. It depends on how broke you are, I guess. I think the good Lord will provide. I mean, with inflation the way it's at, I- you need like two nickels now. Yeah. I really have a lot of questions. About you guys. I've only got I've wrong answers. Old, and I have I'm answers. Old, you're not going to fucking listen to me. I'm not going to tell you the story. I'm an old soul. Yeah. And an old man. I've been alive a long time. I don't know how many fucking times I've had to been recycled here. <laughs> I'm getting sick and tired of dealing with all this bullshit. You're sick up and fed. I'm, huh? You're You're sick up and fed. Get reincarnated as a cow. Everybody is sick of this BS right now in this world bullshit. It's everywhere. It affects the rich and the poor. It's different. It's horrible. That one dude, you guys, uh, um, that dude lives in the forest or whatever and flipping fucking had a hut or whatever. River Dave? I love him. Ted Kaczynski? Yeah. River Dave was the dude, boy. He River was, something, yeah. Open the boy's still sucking air. 
I hope, truly do hope that old boy is still sucking there. Last time I checked, although he hasn't called in a while, but then again, he doesn't, you know, regularly have access to technology the way he lives, so. Well, last time I, he called, he said he had a smell phone, and he was out there and, you know, had, like, solar panels and such. And yep. That's what Raise I'm your hand. That's Go what ahead, I'm sorry, the solar panels and batteries. Major's got solar panels and batteries. Batteries, is that right? I got no fucking bills coming into me at all, except property taxes. Sons of bitches. Yeah, you never own your property. Yeah, that's so, what I learned from Free Talk Live. You never yeah, own your I property. Own property. I got better than thirteen acres paid for they for taxes on it, or they take it. Double double check this. Someone, I need a fact checker. At some point. It was it was mentioned that Montana does allodial titles, which really? means free and clear, and also Alaska. There's some places in like the northern territories where you can just get land free and clear. Huh. So, if that's true, I was told that about New Hampshire before I moved here. I was told that you're talking about beyond squatters' rights. Beyond squatters' rights. It won't be taxed after the fact. What the fuck? Right, but it's Montana and Alaska, but I don't have confirmation in any form. I was told that Just there was tax-free land here in New Hampshire before I moved here, and that turns out, no, there isn't. Okay. At least I haven't been able to find any. So the Alaskan thing and the Montana thing could also be misinformation. Yeah. But that's what I've heard. I wouldn't doubt that. I got hemmed up by the feds in Montana. What do you but mean? If, what do you mean by hemmed up? Like your your pants were too long, and along I came mean, the. So fuck, I mean, so the fucking jail, dude. Oh. They, they they tailored your your suit. Or... I I had a Michigan misdemeanor, and because I crossed state lines, they took uh, what the fuck is that damn law? Um, two oh, strikes are out. And they took his belt, so he couldn't hang himself with it. They took the toilet seat, so he couldn't hit himself over the head with it and drown. And they oh, took the no. toilet paper so you couldn't throw the roll of toilet paper out the window, climb down the road and have an escape and get away. When I finally did get cut loose from the jail, it was in the middle of winter. And when I got hemmed up by him, it was just coming into the winter. I was going from, uh, I was living in a man camp at the time, working out west. And I had my uh, nice fuzzy sheepskin slippers on. Going from one trailer to another. Well, that's where I got thrown in jail wearing. And I had to wear these damn things the whole time. And I'm out marching in the middle of fucking Montana winter trying to find a fucking job in my slippers. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Good luck, dude. All right. Yeah. Jack, you're going to have to hold on. Major, you're going to have to hold on. Beard Talk Live. Who the fuck is this? Hey, uh, this is Tony. Hey, Tony, how the fuck are you? I'm okay, man. Hey, guys, listen, I hadn't listened to Free Talk in a long time, had a lot of issues in life, as we all do. Uh-huh. And I I'm, I did some updates and I did some internet checking. Are, are you guys allowed to talk about what the hell is going on with uh, poor Ian and the Fed? Is this for real? Uh, It it is for real. The, the Crypto 6 happenings did indeed occur uh ian was uh, held behind bars for quite some time without bail uh the show sort of limped along uh you know we had uh, 
we had to wait until Aria got out on bail to do some technical things. Uh, but yeah, the situation is very true. Are we allowed to talk about it? Yes. Uh, there's some things that I don't know. So, yeah. uh, you know, I might not be able to answer, you know, your questions, but go ahead. Yeah, I, Imagine I coming back to Free Talk Live after years of listening to Mark and Ian. Yeah. And then the first show you listen to is us two. Right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Quite a yeah, shock. That, that's right. I used to I used to listen. Is Mark no longer on the show? He does. Uh, I think, is he still doing Thursdays? I want to say. No, okay. uh, he well, was he, doing Thursdays uh, remotely f- on occasion, but he he still pops in from time to time. He's not. Uh, he gets first dibs on this seat whenever he wants it. Yeah, it's true. If if Mark shows up into town and uh, he wants to be on a show, like somebody else gets kicked off. Yeah, is basically how okay. how it works. So we call well, guys, that big dick pass- energy around here. Yeah. <laughs> just pass the word to Ian. I, I'm sorry this happened to him. It's horrible. I always enjoyed the show. Uh, I listened for years and years. Then I had some trouble out in Wyoming. Oh, by the way, do not drive through the state of Wyoming, guys, with CBD hemp oil. You can get three years in prison for that. They, really? They to throw, I'm not making it up. Uh, you can do a search, uh, CBD hemp oil, Wyoming arrest. Uh, they've made a couple of arrests, but I think I was the only one that ever spent any time in jail on it. Jesus fucking Christ. I smuggled THC oil into Canada. Well, guys, here's the deal. They sell it in Wyoming. Yeah. But uh, they took my bottle and the cops, uh, co- some cop there railroaded me and uh, wait, wait. tested it at the, the state crime lab. And he, they said, we found a nano amount of THC. I think that's one over a billion particles. Okay, wait a minute. So wait a minute. Hang on. Hang on. Uh, well, I'm sorry. What was your name? Tony. Tony. So in the state of Wyoming, you bought some cbd oil and then you Guys, it was that and then yeah, you were actually go ahead go ahead and then you were driving around with said cbd oil got pulled over and the cops used that as evidence that you had contraband well actually i was living in wyoming i went out there i stumbled into a job running a small motel uh, I had a sick girlfriend at the time, okay. and uh, I won't bore you with all those details, but basically uh, the cops uh, sent a, a snitch, broke into my house while I was gone, and uh, when I came home, I saw the guy walking out of my uh, apartment. The apartment was attached to the motel. Anyway, yeah. uh, the cops took the bottle, they sent it off the crime lab, and they tested it, found nano amount of THC, and I was looking at three years in prison for that. And so, they, sell, they were selling CBD hemp oil in convenience stores and grocery stores. But you got busted for THC. No, no. CBD hemp oh. oil. Mm-hmm. And, and guys, they, they would variously uh, label it on different legal papers as uh, mar- liquid marijuana. <laughs> but it was, it was CBD hemp oil. And it was actually given to my girlfriend yeah. uh, by a, a lady from Colorado who said, look, you need to get off the pain pills. Whenever you feel like sure. taking a pain pill, do some CBD. Yeah. And so it was actually my girlfriend's bottle, but she never used it. She was strung out on uh, Oxycontin. Jesus. And so anyway, but I was just saying, yeah, stay off. Inter- anybody listening, uh, don't go through uh, Wyoming. Take uh, Interstate 70, go through Colorado, because Wyoming is a police state from hell. And, of course, Dick Cheney lives there, so... Uh, 
Yeah, well, nobody likes that fucking. But guy. I'm sorry, but uh, forget my trouble. That's all over now. But uh, I'm sorry about what uh, what Ian and uh, his uh, friends are going through. That's a horrible thing. Anything we can do to help? Um, just you know, help spread the word. Uh, there's a website that tells uh, the story. It's thecrypto6.com. Thecrypto6.com. Okay. Uh, help spread the word. Uh, Ian is currently out on bail. Uh, and he is still doing the show. And he can hear you in ears and in spirit. Yeah, so okay. if if you want to call on, you, he's normally on Saturday nights, uh, except for tonight was a, he had a thing to do. So uh, myself and Richie Rich I, filled in for you, him. You, if you had a you message for Ian for, right now, what would you tell him? I would tell Ian, I guess I can't say it on air. You sure, totally yeah, can. No, you're, I, yeah, you're, I, I this is the no. uncensored show right now. So Yeah, I know, but the feds, they listen. I, oh, I see. I, I just, I know I was looking at so much time on my little CBD. They, they hit me with another felony. That's another long story. But at one point, I'll just say, I was thinking about just disappearing off the radar. You know, I was like, I'm not going to prison for things I didn't do. Oh, I see. And I know how the government... Guys, unless you've been run through the ringer, most people probably think, hey, I'm innocent. You know, the facts will come out in court. I'll be okay. It doesn't work that way. What what they're doing to Alex Jones, whether you like him or not, right. he's getting screwed and railroaded by these judges. Yeah. One of these judges is the one that bankrupted Remington. Oh, Jesus. And, uh, you know, so you can be innocent as Jesus and be in a courtroom in this country and they'll send you to prison. It's so easy. They restrict your evidence. They won't allow witnesses. They have a way. I, you know, I was 50 years old before I woke up to all of this. Yeah. I thought, I thought in America, you know, hey, okay, yeah, there's a lot of dirty cops, but once you get in that courtroom, hey, it's like opening up the can. You know, everything's going to come out, but it doesn't work that way. I got no faith in this country's judicial system at any level, state, fed, you know, local, federal. It's just I had an attorney tell me, he said, Tony, you're a smart guy, but he said, you don't know how the system works. He says the budget of the district attorney's office in Carbon County, Wyoming, is based on how many people they put in prison the previous year. Right. So this year, they have to keep putting more people in prison to keep their budget going up. I, I said, you're kidding. This is, this is the judicial system for profit. Oh, yeah, definitely. But, uh, Anyway, what happened to me is nothing, you know, compared to we hear these stories all the time of guys that were in there for 30 years and were innocent. And uh, I just I feel bad for Ian. You know, I, I don't know where he is on God and stuff, but I'm going to pray for him and, you know, and, and his his pals because um, I'm sure they're innocent. I, I, Ian, I listened to him for years. The guy doesn't have a larcenous bone in his body. Yeah. And He's just an American who wants to be free. And listen, Ian was in on the crypto way back when it was what three hundred bucks. Oh, I know he before was way that. before that, before that, way before that. Yeah. And I used to think, I used to think, God, oh, this guy's so smart with technology. What is this stuff? This Bitcoin. Oh, guys, before I forget, the reason I called tonight and looked up all this <laughs> stuff about Ian, yeah. he was mentioned today on Alex Jones. Really? Wow. Well, Alex had a couple of attorneys on who are suing uh, some hospitals out in California for giving their patients remdesivir, which, which kills them. Yep. And uh, one of the attorneys uh, mentioned, and I, I'm just, uh, it was something like, yeah, we don't want uh, what happened to Ian Freeman to happen. 
uh, here, and I thought, Ian. Now we got to listen to Alex Jones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Look, look Words I've never said today. I, I used but, to listen. Uh, yeah, it was uh, a couple of attorneys that are filing lawsuits. So anyway, guys, I, I'm praying for Ian, praying for his friends. I hope this all gets thrown out, dismissed. I hope his, he's got a good attorney. And uh, I'm pretty sure he's the last man standing of the Crypto Six at this point. Okay. Yeah. And, and get that out again, the website to look at? TheCrypto6.com. Okay. I'm going to go check it out and uh, keep listening to you guys. And, hey, man, I appreciate what y'all do. You know, that's what America's all about, freedom, right? Yes, it is. Hey, Tony, thank you for the call. I've got a quick drug-related headline for you. We don't have to get into the whole story. I just think it's funny. Okay. Oops. Minnesota accidentally legalized THC spiked seltzer. Ooh. Have seen this one several months ago? Ooh, that's nice. I, I I enjoy some of the THC seltzers from time to time. It was that there was a certain type of THC that has been allowed. The Delta Eight. Okay. Yeah. And then they brought forth some legislation or whatever to kind of clarify this, but it was the Delta Nine variety. Ooh. And so it automatically passed. Uh, because they did not know the difference between uh, Delta Eight and Delta Nine, and awesome. neither do I. And so, wait a minute, we, did we just we just legalized weed in Minnesota? Uh, you know, uh, Minnesota, right? <laughs> That's what a seltzer is. Uh, Beard Talk Live, who the fuck is this? Beard Talk Live, going once. Beard Talk Live, going twice. They... If this is the same guy, get your shit together. Yeah, unmute your phone or some shit, Jesus. Beard Talk Live, who the fuck is this? Beard Talk Live, going once. We are out of callers. Oh, was that was it just Major and yeah, Bill Major, Jack? Major and Jack were standing by. I had them on hold while we were talking to Tony, and uh, the idea was that you know I would either bridge somebody on, or you know when Tony was done, bring one of them back or whatever. Yeah. But eh, you know whatever, whatever. It's, it's, it's how it goes. Six zero three two eight three six one six zero. It should be on your screen if you're watching over it. Uh, our Odyssey channel, Free Talk Live Artist, uh, Odyssey channel, which should be labeled Beard Talk Live at, at this point. The show should be labeled Beard Talk Live, but the uh, number should also be on your screen. Uh, if you aren't looking at a screen, 603-283-6160. Uh, Tony had a, a lot of nice things to say uh, about Ian and you know, well wishes. He brought up some really good points, and that is... I have zero faith in, well, the system at all, period. Yeah. Like, not just the justice system part of the system, not just the police part of the system, not just the tax part of the system, not just the... It's the whole fucking system that I have a fucking problem with because it exists in violation of consent. Absolutely. Period. I mean, that's all I should have to say about it. There should never be an organization that exists in violation of consent. So I don't think I'm stepping on any toes by talking about this with Aria's situation because she posted some updates on Facebook yeah. and I follow that. Um, she's basically done awaiting sentencing yeah. at this point. She put in a, a plea, plea of guilty. Yeah. Um, the interesting thing about that plea of guilty was I guess it's on record or the judge at least admitted or agreed to the fact that there was no no one was harmed, no, no was property harmed. was violated, no restitution, no damage, no restitution required in any form, um, but guilty, yeah, guilty and sentenced soon, yeah, relatively soon, yeah. So, go fucking figure, right? 
no damages, no no victim, yeah. but co- somehow coerced, I don't know if she'd agree with that term, I'm going to use it, coerced into a guilty plea yeah. with the threat well, of overwhelming other charges if she didn't. And, and that's exactly what they do. They uh, put together a laundry list of charges and they say, hey, uh, we want you to take this plea deal. Otherwise, you're going to face all of these. And then if you go, no, I'm not taking a plea deal, then they go, okay, well, then in addition to these, we're also going to try. And they, like, right. just keep piling on until you're looking at, you know, the rest of your life or whatever it is, you know, way too much time. Uh, and, like, never mind the fact that the courts are on record now yeah, as having said that there was no harm to any property right. or any individual. And I and I think the whole crypto six situation and particularly Ian's at this point, because he's still in the fight, I yeah. guess for lack of a better term. Yes. Um is kind of like the put your money where your mouth is situation. Because for years, right, it was, you know, never take a plea and fight it to the bitter end, you know. Right. And and for years, uh, you know, libertarians who've gotten into that much trouble at the federal level have found a way out of it, right? Because all of a sudden when it's decades of your life on the line, the plea doesn't seem as bad. Right. And I'm also going to say better man than me, right? Because the likelihood is I would not have the intestinal fortitude to fight it to the very end facing those similar charges. Yeah. I I know that I wouldn't, or I don't know that I know that, but- uh, the likelihood of it is very low. Uh, right. I I do not envy uh, the position that Mr. Freeman is in. Not at all. In any way, shape, or form, he is facing it. Uh, you know, from a principled perspective, near as I can tell. Right. Um. I I have the utmost respect for that. Uh. And to be the last man standing, and as I understand it, to uh, you know, continue to fight it. Uh. And have the will to do so. Uh. To yeah. me is you know. If I were a member of the Crypto 6, I would be a part of the Crypto 5 at this point. Right? Yeah. Um, it's... Uh, I don't know what the right word is. It's a... It's a damning thing. It's a, it's a telling thing that the government itself has said there's no harm. Yep. No harm has been done. At least in Arya's case. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. We believe that there's been no harm done throughout. The government's going to try to prove their case yeah. in Ian's situation. What's what's fucked up is that, uh, I mean, there's so many things that are fucked up about that case, but like when it comes to character, right? Uh, I don't find anybody else that I know that you know has the character that Ian Freeman has. Absolutely, you know, um, I respect the fuck out of it. You may not agree with him necessarily on every position, no, but I I do find him. Of everyone I've met in the greater liberty freedom community, mm-hmm. um, the absolute most principled member of the entire community. Yeah, he's consistent across the board. Yeah, and has been, in my opinion, for decades. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we'll we'll keep an eye on it. We'll keep broadcasting. I mean, I'm going to keep talking about it. Um, you know, as much as I can. As far as like what to do to support it, advertise. Yep. You know, help us push 
you know, promote it on your yeah. Facebook, on your Twitter, on your mic, whatever. The I mean, hell, if, if, if they're now. talking about it on Alex Jones yeah. and you're already comfortable calling in to, you know, Beer Talk Live or Free Talk Live, call a local show that'll have you on. Yeah. And bring it up if the topic comes up, right? Yes. Why not? Yes. Uh, call as many shows as you possibly can uh, and bring it up and talk about it and how the government is railroading uh, principled consistent people that are like a step away from pacifism, right? Because uh, the non-aggression principle says that, you know, uh, violence is only okay in the use of defense. Yeah. You know, get Uh, Joe Rogan talking about it. Oh, that'd be fantastic. That was, that was my big pitch early on um, with the Ross Ulbricht situation. Yeah. Or maybe not early, early on, but at one point within the last four years since I've been in New Hampshire, um, Ross's mom, Lynn came out to one of the meetups and at the time, it was like a big push to get in front of Trump and free Ross in front of Trump. Right. And I was like, you're messaging the wrong audience. Right. You're not going to get anywhere with Trump. Right. And her point at the time was, well, he's the one in charge. Only he can do something about it. Um, and But my my opinion still remains, right, if you're trying to sway public opinion, yeah. you have to get in front of a larger audience than Trump supporters. And Joe Rogan, with the biggest podcast... Right, if yeah. he got Lynn on, or I don't even know if Ian's allowed to do interviews or whatever, how yeah. that works out. But if Ian were on to discuss the the situation on Rogan's podcast, or hashtag it and tag Kim Kardashian, right? Right, I don't care how whatever you think of her as a celebrity, right? But if, if it's the audience, it's well, it's not only the audience, but she has gotten in front of the president, right, and commuted sentences for people that she was supporting, right, right. So that's. Say what you want about influencers. They have some fucking influence. That's, hence the name. Hence the yeah. name. So, <laughs> like, go get the most fucking bang for your buck, yeah. right? Get a, Figure out a way to hashtag your way onto Joe Rogan. Yeah. Figure out a way to hashtag yourself in, from a, in front of Kim Kardashian. And if Kim Kardashian mentions the Crypto 6 or Free Ross, imagine the blow up. Because then people will actually get the real story instead of the force-fed mainstream media nonsense that they put out for both cases. Something that has disappeared that I was enthusiastic about when it comes to cryptocurrency was uh, for a period of time there, there were a bunch of, uh, at least several, maybe dozens of wealthy people. Uh, sports figures, for example, yeah, who were like, "Hey, I'm getting my paycheck in Bitcoin," or yep. uh, this team has, you know, uh, you know, I'm I'm a free agent. This team signed me to a contract, and I'm taking half of it in Bitcoin, or whatever, or whatever cryptocurrency du jour that yep. they mentioned. That has all stopped. Uh, I I don't know if it stopped. I it I definitely heard. Uh, like, like there was this trend, and I'm like, oh, finally, like wealthy people are starting to talk about the cryptocurrency right. and its use case, and and they're looking into it, and they're like getting their buddies on board, and you know, the, it's starting to grow. And then just, pff, I haven't heard a word about any anybody with an audience, any celebrity type, okay. any sports type. Uh, in I don't know, feels like a year. Okay, you know, I feel like lately there have. Been- I don't follow mainstream sports like you do, yeah. But I do follow um, like mixed martial arts, yeah. And I think there was a handful of fighters this past year that were getting a portion of their pay in Bitcoin. So I mean, that's good. But like, these are the types of people that not only you know 
are influencers, as, as you've mentioned, with their audiences. Uh, but these are the types of people that can sway opinion. Yeah. And so if we can get enough of them talking about it, right? Yeah. But I'm, I'm a little more, the reason I bring this up is because I'm a little more, uh, I guess, disappointed because, well, the FBI specifically uh, has been doing a lot of, oh, I don't know, raiding people for Bitcoin-related things. Mostly selling. Uh, I I read an article maybe yesterday about a guy who's actually registered with FinCEN, and they raided him anyway. Right. So, so like, well, what the fuck is a guy supposed to fucking do, you motherfuckers? Well, that he's going to have an easier time fighting it in court. Okay, I understand that, but still, like, the FBI clearly has it out for anybody... Uh, transacting in Bitcoin without their fucking permission. And that's the whole point of Bitcoin, is to be able to transact with anybody you fucking want to without the government's fucking permission. Well, you were right uh, a decade ago, or seven, eight years ago. What do you mean? Well, because when Bitcoin first hit the scene, they, you know, whomever Satoshi was or the, the first designers or you know, whatever you want to call those people yeah. um, on the, on the Bitcoin development team, developers, that's the word I'm looking for. Um, they pitched it hard to the libertarians and the anarchist community, right? Cause at the time we were shouting audit the fed or end the, end fed. the fed, right? Yeah. Well, end the fed came after audit, audit the fed, right? right? Oh, yeah. it was audit. The I thought fed. it was the other way around. I thought it was end the fed and then audit. the fed. No, oh, okay. Ron Paul is like the, the federal reserve needs to be audited so we can see how much they actually have. And so all libertarians shouted, out of the Fed. And then I'm like, you know, this is dumb. Why don't we just end it? So end the Fed. Yes, please. Right? Let's end the Fed. Please. Um, but, at, you know, and then Bitcoin came out, right? And early adopters went and they pitched it hard to the anarchists and the libertarians. Right. Saying, like, just ignore the Fed. Right? You don't need to do anything with the Fed anymore. Here's your money. Right? This brand new internet digital money. That is inflation proof because there's a maximum number of coins and it's built into the system and it cannot be tampered with. It's unfucking hackable. Right. You know, use this. And so we did, right? You know, or, or a lot of us did early on and whatever. And then at some point, more uh, mainstream members of society started to adopt the Bitcoin, right? And what did they start doing? Please regulate us. We need to know the rules that we're allowed to operate in. And you need to tell us what those are so we don't run afoul of you, government. Well, that's because uh, the the businesses that were forming surrounding Bitcoin or cryptocurrency, to be more broad about the topic, uh, began, I mean, they were operating, right? But it's such a new technology and such an undefined space uh, that they were beginning to transact with, you know, real entities. Who cares? well, right. no, no, no. I'm, I'm just saying that, like, when you form an organization and you attempt to run a business, you are going to bump into other existing businesses. Sure. How you handle that, of course, is where we get the people crying for the regulation. Right. Where we get the, the behemoth that Coinbase has become. Right. Right. Because they were all like, hey, you know, we're going to do a thing. Whatever the paraphrasing is, you know, the, the, the rights not articulated in here are retained by the people yeah. or the states thereof. Right. So if they didn't fucking pass a law right. prohibiting the use, transactions, you need a license for financial support, whatever, FinCEN, right. you know, to, to do this, 
you had the right to do it, right? At right. that point in time, you could call it fucking barter, right? Right. I I barter this green piece of paper for that digital currency, and no other regulation need to happen because barter has always been allowed. Yeah. Right. It's not barters and. Barter, barter's in the tax code, yeah. but it's not well regulated. Right. Yeah. Right. It's just you could you can barter. I, I give you this pen, you give me this paperclip. Right. Right. No government interference needed. Right. But then they called for regulation, and the government went, "Okay, we can regulate you. You're not allowed." And it's and, such such a horrible fucking word to regulation. Whatever. To regulate you. Yeah. Like. Why? But but the regulation becomes okay. You were able to do this thing, right? Now we've regulated it, so you're not allowed to do the thing that you previously could do unless you buy a license from us. Right. And then you're allowed again. Right. Right? And so the Crypto 6 did the thing. Right. Did not get the license. Right. Right? And then we're not allowed to do it. Right. Because they didn't... But it's it's from early on, it's because they people in the community they pioneered begged for the regulation. They thing for... I mean, like... I. It wasn't uh, one of the first mentions of Bitcoin on Free Talk Live on on national broadcast? Yes. Yeah. I don't know. Like I fu- I I was I spent a lot of time on Reddit back in those days. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure I came across it. Like I I have like the point three b whatever beta software running on an old netbook somewhere. <laughs> if I wanted to fire it up, I haven't wow. touched it. But so, but I'm, my point is like that's how early in on it was. Yeah. And for me. It wasn't even a financial thing, right? It was uh, it was SETI at home, yep. right? And then when I got my PS3, you could put something like protein folding at home to do science for cancer research. Yeah. So I had that running, right? And then Bitcoin came along and they said, hey, you, you run this thing, give us some of your bandwidth you know, to run this thing and we'll drop a little coin in here right. for your, for the, for the, for the, you know, CPU cycles. Right. Right. And I'm like, well, I'll, I can put that on my netbook. Why sure. not? I've already yeah. got my PS3 running. I'll do this thing. Well, two weeks went by and my netbook generated zero Bitcoin. So I turned it off and I kept the wallet, you know, foolish me for not just buying at that time. But I just, I ran it because it just seemed like a cool sciencey thing sure, yeah. for technology in yeah. the same vein as protein folding and SETI at home. Yeah. That's that, and then Free Talk Live started talking about it. And went, huh, let's take another look at this. Then, if, you know, if it's becoming a bigger thing than that. And it's weird now to me because when I first started talking about Bitcoin and talking about the benefits, you've listed them out here already, so I won't be redundant there. But uh, people were like, "What? You're you're fucking crazy, dude! Like, what are you talking about? Magic fucking internet money? I don't, yeah. I don't, you know." People didn't understand. Uh, the ones who did were like. Yeah, that's you know I I get what you're saying, but boy, that sounds like a scam, right? You know the the fear was high. I have friends who were scammed out of thousands of Bitcoin for for buying drugs on the Silk Road. Well, proper. okay, okay, but I'm I'm just talking about talking about yeah, it. Yeah, I know, right? Like the people that I talk, I was the only one yeah. in like my entire, and I had a pretty fucking large circle of friends. No, I was the only one who like got some. See, luckily. For like the longest time, you know, years went by and like I'm talking about it and I had some and, you know, and they're like, yeah, I'm thinking about getting some, but oh man, it's too volatile, right? And like, it was just like, I was just like alone on an island of Bitcoin by myself. See, I was the one talking about it, but didn't have the money to get it. Yeah. But I had friends who did drugs and I went, dude, 
have you heard of this Bitcoin thing? Because you can now buy drugs online for Bitcoin. <laughs> right, yeah. Right? And they yeah. went, cool, tell me more. Yeah. And then they went and bought the Bitcoin to buy the drugs. Right. And then lost the Bitcoin and never got the drugs. Right. Right? Because they got, you know, like the little scam thing. But so they, they had it way before me ever had enough money to spend, uh, you know, to, to send a wire to some sketchy bank yeah. in Europe, you know, to then wait for it to ping on my computer because there were no apps for it right. back in the day. Now, if you mention Bitcoin, people are like, oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, oh, I Maybe. got some in my Venmo or whatever. You know, they use some other app instead of PayPal. Using it. Why not? Yeah. Um, and so it's weird to see like the transition of, I'm going to call it mainstream because everybody's heard of it. Everybody knows the word Bitcoin. Sponsored a college football game you know, or a bowl game. So, like, you know, to say that it's not mainstream would be a misnomer, but it went from this like feared thing to like now it's a household term. Yeah. Um, but we have armed thugs raiding people over it still because, because why? Because voluntary transactions, because, you know, consensual, like I, it's, it's the volume so of trade, dumb man. It's the volume of trade. The, the one thing that I think uh, the problem that I think Bitcoin solves immediately for an existing industry and it's not porn, Ooh. although porn like I think if porn took up the the cryptocurrency mantle, uh, that's the wide adoption. Yeah, in much the same way they took up the uh, first uh, provable business use case on the internet, well, right? And in VHS the same way. before that, and why did Blu-ray win the HD wars? Right. So I so porn aside, I think that there is an industry right now that exists in many states. I think roughly half of the the states in the united states have some version of legalized marijuana okay uh whether it's recreational or doctor prescribed uh those are the two flavors generally speaking that that a state will or may uh, engage in uh, the problem that they have the solvable problem is that in all of these states to my knowledge i maybe it's not all of them but to my knowledge all of these states uh, don't allow marijuana growers, marijuana distributors, manufacturers, and marijuana retailers to have fucking bank accounts. So as quick correction possibly, it's not the state regulating, it's the banks refusing to do business. Right. Because the banks are afraid of the crackdown and the regulations from the feds. Right. So what you end up having is uh, all three of these different types, if you will, or areas of the marijuana industry, there's a lot of cash. Yep. There's a lot of cash and a lot of people having to transport that cash in like their cars and trucks and, you know, put it in the bank bags and, you know, all that kind of thing. And um, to me, this seems like an easy fix. Bitcoin, cryptocurrency of some sort. Yep. Make up your own. Fuck, I don't care. But it would be real super easy for the marijuana distributor, the grower, and the retailer to all pay each other in fucking cryptocurrency. And, and you could probably integrate it because I, ha- I had a coworker who I think foolishly was on uh, the Weed Maps app. Yeah. Are you familiar with this thing? No. Oh, man. It was, it was literally an app on your phone that dealers would advertise oh, their shit. weed on. Oh, Jesus Christ. And How did I miss out on this? And my co my coworker was bragging like, oh yeah, look at this, man. I can just get fucking weed anytime. I know exactly where the dealer is. I'm like, one of those is gonna be a Fed, man. Like they they can't not know about this. 
And he's like, no, it's totally legit. I'm like, maybe. But if, if the if the law enforcement knows, and it's currently illegal or, you know, recreation wasn't a thing in Hawaii. I don't know if it is now, but you needed a prescription or some other bullshit that he didn't have. Yeah. And I was like, if they if they know where you are, then they're always tracking you, you know, if you've ever bought from <laughs> one of their fucking dealers and by oh, the end Jesus by the end of the shift he had deleted the app I'm like okay yeah like i'm not gonna make funny anymore but just be careful dude like i'm looking out for you yeah conspiracy theory maybe but legit yeah uh i i would not trust that app like no but he was bragging about it like technically speaking getting on like tour you know first of all you got to get on a vpn then you got to get on tour then you got you know there's like four steps or three steps that you got to do before you can actually get on something that resembles the silk road marketplace uh even today uh and then once you get on there and you do a thing like that's probably the safest but it doesn't mean it's completely safe yeah um and i don't think tour is considered safe anymore either cuz governments have usurped the exit nodes right and so there's there are less risky ways for you to conduct your business, but it's really weird how, like, even in a place like Seattle, Washington, where I lived for 22 years, there, even when recreational weed was legalized, right, they open up stores, and as long as you're 21, you could go in and buy marijuana, right? The weed dealers were business was strong yep like almost stronger than than it was before well because now they could get some of those other customers who were might might have been too scared before and but now that they can carry it legally they don't mind buying out in the open yeah but i mean like the need for the weed dealers didn't go away because of regulations the state of washington at least modeled their retail marijuana stores after liquor stores okay and uh, within the city limits anyway uh they had very very strict rules about how these stores could appear and so they all looked the fucking same nobody nobody could do anything creative or different uh they all ended up looking like oh you walk in it's a glass top counter where they display all the shit in the little glass shelves and then there's shelves behind them where they keep the stock There's a a register or two or three or whatever, uh, and they can't wait on more than one person at a time per register. They have to grab your uh, driver's license, and if it's a Washington State driver's license, they put it in this little machine that goes, and I don't know what that machine fucking does. Uh, I still don't. I'm pretty sure it just records your driver's license number into a database somewhere. That's one of the reasons why I have never been into a dispensary. And says, this guy bought some weed today, right, or whatever day it was, you know. But um, so the dealers, the weed dealers, the regular ass weed dealers before the stores opened and before it was legalized recreationally, uh, none of those guys went away or lost their jobs. Right? Nice. I'm talking the illegal dealers right. because of the regulations. And that is to say uh, you couldn't buy an edible with more than 10 milligrams of THC in it. Uh, any edible, that is. You could buy a volume of a thing where like it was like I used to buy these uh I called them syrups, but they marketed them as, like, juices. Okay. It's like a 12-ounce bottle, right? It's supposed to be 10 milligrams per ounce, so the whole bottle has 120 milligrams in it. 
you could buy those originally at first, and I think they've gotten rid of that and lowered it, and you can't buy those anymore. But, like, you couldn't walk into this recreational store and be like, can I get, like, three ounces? You know? Yeah, I want an ounce of this, I want an ounce of that, I want an ounce of that. No, you can only buy. They had limits on how much you could buy uh, per day. Uh, And so, like, it became a hassle. Well, and if they take your driver's license, that's now in the database. It's not like you could go to the next dispensary and ask for the same thing. Bingo. Uh, So, you know, if you wanted quantity... If you wanted uh, something a little more potent, perhaps you had built up a tolerance, uh, perhaps, you know, you're self-medicating or whatever, you know, you're not going to eat like 10 times the amount of, you know, <laughs> to get the same effect when you could just, oh, yeah, the regular guy, the yeah. guy, you know, you were getting, yeah, he's still around. Yeah, he's still in business. He, they didn't put anybody out of business. Like, that's how much demand the marketplace has for this, yep. for this product. And it's super disturbing, not disturbing, I guess it is disturbing, to know that, like, people couldn't be creative with this new industry. Usually what happens when a new industry springs up is people are creative with it. That's how you uh, improve the product. You improve the service. You improve, you know, and then you figure out, are there other things that this naturally goes with, right? Differentiate yourself from competitors. Right. Like uh, in other countries, for example, uh, Amsterdam. Uh, the weed coffee shops, okay, very popular. Uh, none of them exist in the United States of America because you can't have a weed business combined with another business because the government says you can't. Not because it's not a good idea, not because people don't want it, but because the government says you can't. And that's the part that gets me. Yeah. So I, I've only been up to a dispensary. Yeah. Because I was not going to give them my ID. Right? Like, oh, look how cool it is. And like, I can see how cool it is through the window. I'm not going to buy anything. I'm not going in the database. You guys have fun. Yeah. I'll be out here waiting when you're done. Yeah. I'm, uh, at least in Washington State, I'm in the database for sure. Uh, but like, some other things happened that I was like, that's not very creative at all. Like, uh, uh, there's a store near where I used to live called the Pot Store. I'm like, really? That's. That's your level of creativity, the pot store. Like, I mean, it's probably going to be the most common name of every pot store ever. Franchise. Differ- differentiate yourself from the competition much? You know, I don't know. The weed store. <laughs> like, really? Yeah. Um, Bumps in the back. <laughs> More was, than what you weed. There was one, uh, one recreational shop that I discovered in the Seattle area because... I was actually looking for a bar. Uh, I was in a neighborhood, and somebody was like, oh, yeah, there's this great little bar you should check out. And I was looking for it, and I found the address, and the bar wasn't there. There was a pot store. And I'm like, well, that's weird. So I go into the pot store, and they're like, hey, man. I'm like, is there a bar in here? like, oh, no, dude. You go outside, and you go around the corner, and it's underneath us. Nice. I'm like, oh, fuck, Okay. Well, before I go to the bar, let me get some fucking weed, right? You know, I got a little edible, right? I popped that. I went down into the bar, had a couple of cocktails, and life was good, you know? So some weird, weird things happened there. But, like, that's the closest I saw to, like, complimentary businesses or creative, like, was that the bar is in a separate business, you know, but in the same building right down the hill, you know, that as the the pot store 
But there are so many different things. Like, come on, man. Like, everybody knows munchies, right? You know? So, like, you're going to have a weed store with a whole bunch of, like, chips and pops and all that kind of shit. But you don't see anything like that in fucking Seattle. It's not there. You know? Uh, You would think that, you know... Hippie Dave's Weed Emporium, right? You know, well, you walk in and, you know, it's all hippie beads and like bongs and, you know, stinks of, ch- uh, what's that, Nag Champa, you know, the the incense that they okay. burn, you know, that kind of a thing. Uh, you know, there's tapestries on the wall, you know, people wearing Yoko Ono glasses and shit, you know, you, like you just have like creative ideas. Like every other business is allowed to be creative, but like, it's such a sterile fucking environment for these legal weed shops. Yes, now, and maybe not later, right? Like, it heavily regulated now because it's new and the government doesn't want to relinquish all that much control. Uh, but the more popular it becomes, the more widespread it becomes, you know, the government will get ahead of the people, right, of what the people want and start to loosen those regulations. What makes you think that? Because they loosened it enough to let the pots, the pots uh, dealers have their own stores, right? Like the there, there has been enough pushback from from the general populace. The only reason that they, uh, I'll even say loosened, was because of the possibility of generous tax revenue. Okay, uh, and I will tell you that uh, all, at almost fifty percent taxation at every level. So the growers are taxed, you know, like 40-something percent. The distributors are taxed, like, 45 percent. Okay. The retailers are taxed, you know. So, like, they're raping every, all three, you know, of the largest business units of recreational marijuana in Washington State. Or at least that's how it started. That seems to imply that they didn't know this beforehand. Right, like when when I was in college. Oh, they totally knew. When like, I was, in co- I remember the argument growing up that like I don't understand why weed isn't legal because the government could just tax it and make so much exactly. fucking money. So it's not about the money because they always the money was always an option to them. Right, it was it was a legitimate grassroots movement of marijuana users just pushing the issue. Oh, no, no, no. So I I think that they definitely were looking for more revenue, and that's what finally uh, sort of pushed the the government over the edge. We just established that they could have always had the revenue. Right, but they- They didn't need it? They they weren't done raping uh, the people, the tax cattle, in other ways. And so when they got to a point where uh, the tax was, you know, the rent was too high, so to speak, they didn't want to- uh, raised the taxes on their people anymore. They didn't want to uh, establish another lottery that they could tax. They had to find a new stream of income. Okay. And so, oh, right. So you're All saying- those people who uh, like went to high school and were smoking weed are grown up now and they're in the system. So like, oh yeah, they were right. We can just tax the fuck out of this. And now we don't have to raise taxes on the tax cattle because we're going to get it all from fucking marijuana. So you think that the only reason the half of the states that still have legal, uh, illegal weed is because they still have other revenue sources, and the only thing that's going to move them to recreational marijuana or legalized marijuana is when they run out of other revenue sources? Well, uh, I don't, I don't know about the only thing, but that's certainly a a, a 
d- definite argument for it, right? Or uh, it's already on the table. Some, something that well, right? And why? Because it started out with just uh, Washington State and Colorado, right? Right. Those were the first two to have recreational marijuana, and it was. It generated so much fucking tax revenue that all the other politicians were like, oh, fuck, we got to get in on this gravy train. And now half the states, roughly, okay, you know, have it going. And it's, as you say, a matter of time until they all have it. Right. But I don't I don't think that I don't I don't want to acknowledge necessarily that the only reason Washington and Colorado did that was for the tax revenue. Right. Because, again, that's always been on the thing. Yeah. I'm but, speculating, of right. course. I don't know for a fact, like, who made a decision, and they went, yeah, it's because of the money. Like, let me, I, let me parallel this. Let me parallel this to gas, at least in my experience. Yeah. Right? Gas prices go down, mm-hmm. and then the states go, wow, gas prices are low. We can raise the gas tax now, yeah. and it'll be hidden in the low gas prices. So if gas was, like, two bucks a gallon, it goes down to a buck fifty. State raises gas tax fifty cents a gallon. It's still two bucks a gallon. Right. Well, the gas prices go up to two fifty, and the gas tax doesn't go away. Right. Right. They just continue to tax it, you know, at the same rate. And then when when it you know when it goes down again, they bump it up back up to whatever it was before. So it goes back down to two. They go, we can raise the gas tax again, back up to two fifty. So, my point is that with the with the with the legal marijuana, the money has always been there. Yes. Right, they can they can they can always find other ways to tax people to get that additional revenue. They didn't need a marijuana windfall to you know to balance the budget or whatever it happens to be. It was it was decades, right, of marijuana users pushing back, right, artists, singers, songwriters, yeah. I don't celebrities. Wanna, I don't want to discount uh, that. We'll call it noise that uh, and supporters of marijuana made because like without that. It arguably wouldn't be where it is today, and but- that's what I'm saying. We'll push it further, right? They'll, they'll still make this. The business owners will now make the noise, right? Hey, why are we the only ones who can't get banked? Why are we the only ones who have to sterilize our environment? Why are we the only ones not allowed to differentiate ourselves, right? And at some point, there'll be enough pushback from them, from consumers. I hope so. And then the state will go like, "Shit, we're getting overwhelmed here." And then you run one marijuana candidate. Right. One guy that goes like everything you fucking ask for, you'll get if you vote for me. Yeah. And he won't win, but he'll get a lot of votes. And then the political capital, not just the revenue, but they go, shit, if I say that, I'll get those votes, too. Yeah. Right. And then they'll have to come through on that promise or they get voted out. And first we do gets voted. in. That's that's the political way to move that. You run the candidate to say what needs to be said and you and you gauge it from there. I mean, I'd rather just like you know, get rid of the politicians altogether. Understood, but that's <laughs> under under the current. That's again, that's the cop out, yeah. right? Yeah, eliminate the state and all their problems are solved. You're right, and you know, on principle, in agreement, practical matters goes like, well, if we really want to make it's a difference just, here, it's just such a lethargic process. That's why it's taking eighty fucking years. That's what I'm saying. Like, if if it takes eighty fucking years to, I don't know, whatever the next thing is, right? If it takes 80 fucking years for uh, us to be able to actually transact in cryptocurrency, like, you know, freely, yeah. like, oh, I mean, it's totally worth it to it's spend depressing. that 80 years, but oh my fucking God, man. Well, eh, 
And and here's where I will diverge, right, from the standard talk of Free Talk Live yeah. proper and whatever you guys discuss on the regular Beer Talk Live, right? You accelerate that through actual revolution, necessarily. I, like... Politics and moving moving the Overton window, yeah. right, is a slow, slogging process, right? Immediate action, although may not be long-standing, yeah. right, gets the job done quicker. Yeah. And if we're going to say liberty in our lifetime, right, the job needs to be done quick. To maintain that liberty is where the second and third, you know, breedum, breedum to freedom type of thing comes into play, right. right? You need the second generation to maintain those levels of liberty and freedom. Right. And that's where the founders got fucked up, right? Because they went, we give you liberty and freedom. All you have to do is keep it. Right. And they bred a bunch of pussies who gave it up almost immediately, right? Good men create, you know, hard times create uh, good men. Good men create uh, easy times. Easy men create, or easy times create soft men. Right. Right. So it's it's always going to be cyclical. We're definitely in a soft men phase. Understood, which is why we're getting to the hard times. Yeah. So a generation from now, there will be good men to bring us back, right? But if we can if we can be the good men of this generation and breed good men to follow, yeah. To water the tree of liberty, right? To maintain freedom and liberty yeah. and justice for all. Yeah. Right? Then, then you have then you have a way to sustain it, rather than waiting eighty years for maybe possibly politics to swing in your direction. Beard talk live. Who the fuck is this? Who the fuck are you? <laughs> Welcome back. I am Captain Kickass. Who the fuck are you? I am Major Fucking Pain, buddy. Yes, you are. <laughs> Still on that speakerphone, aren't you? Yeah, Welcome back, slave. I know, but- fuck with you on this when i call in with ian and whatnot on a regular line the speaker don't seem to fuck with it i don't understand with it 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 sounds horrible that's all i'm saying man well i'll bu- i'll bump it off when you put me on you're on no dude yeah this is beard oh, talk live yeah well ain't i a jackass yes, yes yeah when, when i when i answer the phone beard talk live who the fuck is this that that means you're on the show now beard talk live is internet streaming only so we can do things like say fucking and go to unscreen calls without having to worry about those words being dropped right on the national airwaves yeah like somebody can just fucking call and i just hit the button and put them on the show immediately because well that's how freedom's supposed to fucking work but it only works that way on the internet well and to be fair free talk live proper used to have a screener do the job for us that's true the reason it's different now is because we have to screen the calls like we can we can no longer afford a real call screener to answer those calls for us and let us know i don't know if it's about affordability i'm just fucking around but But the sentiment is there. the sentiment is there right when someone else answers the phone we know who it is without answering the phone yep now we have to answer the phone ourselves it's a little more difficult to do whilst also doing a radio show correct major what's on your mind Again. Oh goodness, we have to work for ourselves. I so I'm so I'm I'm so underprivileged. Oh, you know what's on my mind. What's always on my mind? Freedom. Uh, uh, I thought it was titties and beer. Yeah, or whiskey anyway. Whiskey okay. and titties are they on your mind? Well, whiskey. Hey, you want to roll up that word? 
You want to go back to Gaelic? You know how I love to dabble in languages. The word whiskey comes from the Gaelic term whiskey or whiskey. Sounds the the same to me. But it means the water of life. I thought that was the uh, the was it the Peruvian word for uh, the coffee bean was juice of life. Well, you squeeze your juice from your bean, and I'll squeeze my juice from mine. Well, whiskey doesn't come from beans, though, bro. Come on. No, it's corn, corn and barley and malt and yep, hops and such. All the deliciousness. Richie doesn't drink. He's like, uh, whatever. Guys. Just fireball. It's yeah, been a while. Fireball. Fireball is like, uh, if there were a booze factory, fireball is like the shit they sweep up That's at the fine. end of the day off of the floor and they put it into a bottle and it tastes like shit. So they go, fuck, how are we going to sell this? Oh, I know. Add some cinnamon Let's to it. Let's put a bunch of cinnamon in it. Cinnamon and sugar. Yeah. You're, you're exactly right. And, and the, uh, the low budget cigarettes they sell. You know, like the basics and such. Yep. I figure them as barn sweepings. Wait, are you a smoker too, Major? Yes, sir. I've been smoking for <laughs> since I was 12 years old. And I'm 12 years older than you, if I recollect correctly. What's your brand? No, I I, I do my own. You roll your own? The, the poisons they put in the tobacco products, yeah. they're fire retardants on the papers. If you take a modern cigarette and put it under a black light, you would be amazed. Oh, what's the brand of like filterless cigarettes? Paul Mall. No, filterless, like just the. Paul Mall has no filter. Well, there's a lot. There's a uh, never mind. Uh, Camel Straits. Nope. Those are the only two filterless I know of. Okay, no, that's what it, I was thinking. It doesn't matter filterless or not. They put a government regulation. Years ago, I don't remember how long ago, because people were falling asleep and burning their houses down. So, so put some asbestos in there. On the papers. Lucky Strikes? That's the one. Uh. Yeah, Lucky Strikes. There used to be a cool snub. Oh, man, that thing would kill you. An unfiltered cool. Oh. I, I used to work at a convenience store, and I just remember there was one time a tourist, like a Japanese tourist came in and he was looking at the cigarettes and you know he was asking for like lights or ultralights so i showed him like you know the pack of marbles yeah. the ultralights you know the silver pack or whatever he was like do, do you have anything lighter i was like you might as well just breathe man <laughs> <laughs> i uh i i smoked marijuana long before i smoked uh cigarettes and i don't smoke cigarettes anymore i've been quit for like a decade Nice. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely quit, uh, every now and again, uh, I'll walk past a group of smokers and I'll just go hang out with them and sort of secondhand smoke for a while. Okay. Just, you know, breathe it in and be like, oh yeah, I remember when I would be out here and do this kind of thing. So it's kind of weird. But, um, so one day I, and I started smoking weed at like 12, 13 years old or something. And so I think I was like 15 or something and we're at like a high school football game and I'm like trying to find some weed because I want to get a buzz. If only you had weed maps. Right. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't even have cell phones back then. So um, at any rate, I'm I'm asking around like, hey, does anybody know where to get some weed or whatever? And finally, uh, some dude, he's like, well, 
why don't you just smoke a cigarette, dude? If you've never smoked one before, it'll get you high. And I'm like, really? It will? He's like, fuck yeah, dude. If you've never had a cigarette, you get high as fuck. I'm like, all right. So he hands me a Camel Straight, which is un- unfiltered. And I proceed to light it up, smoke it, cough my ass off. Sure as fuck, I got high. See, and Different it, high, but I did. The irony here is I've, I don't smoke, never smoked, didn't have to go through the quitting process. Yeah. And part of that was because I had family members who smoked. Yeah. So early on, I asked them because I'm inquisitive like that. I go like, what's it like when you first smoke a cigarette? And I go like, well, it tastes terrible and you cough a lot. And I go, okay, done. That's all I needed to know. Don't want to do that. Don't want to taste terrible. Don't want to cough a lot. Didn't care about the high or the nicotine effect yeah. or whatever. Just knew that coughing a lot and having a bad taste you don't in my do mouth. the weed either, do you? No. The what most kind of fucking libertarian are you? Str- damn anarchist. near straight edge. Uh, is there a straight edge anarchism? Well, yeah, no, why not? Weird. I mean, it, okay, they're, they're not they're, they're not mutually exclusive. I'm not knocking you. I, yeah. I think it's cool. Actually. But I'm also not straight edge because yeah. I've had I've had alcohol and I had like a little teeny tiny sliver ever of a pot brownie yeah. that my buddy had because he's like, you got to taste this. I'm like, I don't really want. It. I like brownies, man, and I don't want to ruin brownies by tasting a fucking pot brownie. <laughs> He goes, you can't even taste it. I go, I'm, I'm pretty sure that I'll be able to taste it. And he gave, he ripped off, you know, that little bit of little nug. Yeah. And I went, sure enough, man, like I can taste it. Yeah. I don't like it. I don't. I just want a fucking brownie. I just, you know, I like virgin drinks. I like fucking fruity, girly, virgin daiquiris <laughs> and pina coladas because they're de- fucking delicious. <laughs> delicious. And they're girly, and I don't even you care because they're delicious. Walk the walk. What's that? You can't fucking talk the walk unless you walk. I don't. Right? You can't, I, what? You, you, can't, you gotta roll with the fold. <laughs> you can't talk the walk because you gotta roll because you. What? I don't, I don't know what that even means. What the fuck? Maybe. What the fuck? Yeah. You but, gotta walk. You can't, you can't fucking talk the walk unless you walk the talk. Okay. Huh. I don't know. I don't know what walk I'm supposed to be walking or what talk I have been talking. Um, but I've been, I've been pretty consistent through my life. And the only reason. Maybe he's saying you're supposed to get some walkie-talkies. I have a pair somewhere. Because <laughs> it was a long drive, and there was, not, you know, two vehicles in no cell phone range. Yeah. I'm like, well, what if I got to communicate with the vehicle in front? So I bought some walkie-talkies. Nice. Um, but even even the fireball thing came up because I had friends who would drink. And they're like, Rich, you got to drink. Yeah. And occasionally, right, just like the little fucking nug of weed, yep. they would give me like a little sip of their hard liquor whatever they were drinking yeah and it always tasted like shit it does it does and like i don't i don't fucking want that yeah. dude um until i was at a bar with my buddy and we were like you know we were we were throwing darts and this dude comes in with his chick like his new chick and he's excited because he just got like a fucking sales promotion or whatever yeah so he comes in throws darts with us talks a whole bunch of shit but he's better at darts than us so we're like just having a good time <laughs> and he goes fucking rounds on me all right. And it's like, what do you want? What do you want? And like, a couple of people in the room got like a fucking Heineken. Yeah. And I'm like, Rich, what do you want? I'm just refill my water, man. I'm parched. Just like, give me some more water. And my buddy goes like, uh, I'll take a shot of Fireball. And he goes, what the fuck kind of hillbilly fruit loop faggoty fucking drink is that? Yeah. He goes, no, man, it's really good. Like, you got to try it. You know. <laughs> and the guy goes, fine, I'll take a Fireball too. You? What about you? Change it up. And all of a sudden, there's like a room full of fireball shots, you know, because my buddy just goes, no, it's it's good. And so it comes with the shot, right? 
And then he hands, you know, he he does his shot. He's like, you sure, Rich? I'm like, yeah, dude, I'm just fine with the water. <laughs> yeah. I should have pushed a button. I was too far That's away. Uh, and then he does his shot. And like when, you, when you're done with your shot, you know, there's like the little bit left in the shot glass, right? Mm-hmm. He's like, you sure? Not just a little taste. I'm like, all right, fucking fine. If it's only that little drop, yeah. I can take a little drop. And as I as I tilted my head back to get that little drop, uh, it hit my lip, uh-huh. and some of it ran into my mouth, and some of it ran down my chin. Yeah. And the little bit that ran down my chin, I, I wiped it with my finger, and I sucked it off my finger, you know. And he went, "Ooh, you liked it, <laughs> you know, because because you put more in your mouth after you've already tasted it." Right. Yeah. And I went, "Yeah, you're right. I kind of did. Like, you know, you you may have been the one, sir." Because many friends have tried to give me a number of different things. Like I, da- I dated a chick uh, for a little bit, and she was a heavy whiskey drinker. Okay. Um, but she gave me, um, what's the, uh, oh man, the black licorice flavored one, Jägermeister. Jägermeister. Yeah. So she's like, well, you like black licorice, you'll love Jägermeister. Yeah. Turns out, I love black licorice don't fucking like Jägermeister. Weird, because I like Jägermeister, but I don't like black licorice. Okay, whatever. Yeah. You know, to each his own. Um, so I tried that, tried like a buttery nipple, tried a whole bunch of other things, but landed on Fireball. So when the guy went, fucking mother round for everybody, yeah. you know, but he's like, Rich, you in? I'm like, nah, I mean, it was fine. He's like, come on. Mm. And he prodded me into taking the full shot. And the full shot, just as good as the little drop of, you know, that ran down my chin. Do you enjoy chocolate? I do enjoy chocolate. Do you enjoy coffee? I do enjoy coffee. There is... A, a beverage that you may enjoy. I don't know if you've ever tried it. Have you ever had an Irish car bomb? I don't believe so. It is, um, it's a bunch of things that when you put them together, kind of tastes like chocolate or coffee. Okay. So here's the other thing, right? So I was, you know, my ex heard about the fireball thing mm-hmm. and she knows her liquor as well. So we go to the bar and she orders me a, a shot of like Goldschlager. She goes, it's the same thing. It's not. It's not. You know what? It smells like Fireball. Mm-hmm. Looks like Fireball with the little gold flakes. Tastes like shit, you know? So, so far, the only thing that I've been okay with, as far as alcohol is concerned, yeah. is Fireball. The uh, the caveat with the Irish car bomb uh, is that uh, it requires chugging. Okay. Uh, so, it's a shot glass with a half a shot of, generally, Jameson, and then it's topped... Uh, with Bailey's Irish cream, okay, which is sweet and creamy as it you know implies, uh, and then you drop it into a half pint of Guinness, okay, uh, and you literally take the pint and chug it and let the the shot glass kind of hit you in the face. You sort of catch it with your nose or whatever it is All you right. got to do to not break your teeth with the motherfucker. Um, but you chug, 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 and then when you put the glass down and you finally taste it, you're like. Oh, that's uh, that's sort of a chocolatey coffee. That's good. I really like right. that. Right? It's it's not. It doesn't burn. It doesn't have like a foul like uh, uh, you know, sort of aftertaste. We'll see. Because that's that's the thing. I'm sensitive to that. Yeah. Which is why I like the sweet shit. I I'm the first to admit when you first drink any alcohol, really. Like I remember, I'm trying to remember who was somebody in my family. Like, when you're a kid growing up and, like, you know, dad's like, here, you know, have a sip of my beer. You're like, oh, thanks, dad, right? Yeah, my so you grandpa. have that. 
um, somebody in my family, like I tried their wine and it was like a red wine. And I was just like, oh my God, this is fucking horrible. How can you drink this fucking crap? I can't believe yeah. you pay money for this. What the fuck is wrong I'm with you? I'm still there. I understand. And so then like years later, uh, uh, I had a girlfriend uh, and uh, she was a big wine drinker and I wasn't, I was drinking beer. I'm drinking whiskey. You know, those are kind of my usual go-tos. Uh, and then like. She always had wine around, so I was like, well, I guess I'll drink some wine, you know, out of beer or whatever, and then I got used to it, and I'm like, oh, okay, now I'm a wine drinker. All right. Uh, they call it an acquired taste. Sure. And there's a reason. There's a, It's because it takes a while for you to, like, get used to it enough to discern what you do and don't like within that particular niche of flavors. But, I've tr- again, I've tried a lot, right? Whatever someone goes like, try this, Yeah. I try it. And I usually don't like it. Yeah, that's the thing. So yeah, it's, I'm it's, just I'm just yeah. trying to accept that challenge and recommend something you may not have tried. Yeah, well, if we're ever at a bar and I'm not driving, yeah. which is rare, yeah. but like, buy me one. Yeah. Right, I'll fucking I'll try it. Right. We'll see how far I get. Major, have you ever had an Irish car bomb? An Irish what? Car bomb. And no, I do not believe I have. But then I was not there on Sunday, bloody Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's funny too. Uh, I call it the Irish car bomb because uh, I I like to make an acronym out of it, the ICB, right? Uh, but if you go into an actual Irish pub that's like owned by Irish people, or if there's a bartender that has a, the peculiar Irish accent and it's not fake, uh, you don't want to call it the Irish car bomb. You just want to call it the car bomb. They get really offended if you call it the Irish car bomb because well, the Irish didn't invent car bombing. They just popularized it. They they may have had a hand in they made it their in own its, in its fame, you know. But yeah, so I saw this happen. I I would go to this one particular Irish pub, and uh, I, you know I'm enjoying my whiskey, and like these college kids come in, right? And they're like, oh yeah, we're gonna need the beer and this, and then we're gonna need five Irish car bombs. And so the bartender goes. Okay, if I heard you right, you're going to get uh, a, one of these beers, one of those beers, and a glass of this, and then five car bombs. Is that correct? And he specifically leaves the word Irish out, right? right. And uh, and and the kids are, you know, they're like, yeah, yeah, that's what we want. And so they do their first ones, and they come back a little while later, and they're like, yeah, we want another round, and this time it'll be this and that, and, the other, and then like five more Irish car bombs. And he's like, okay, so it's going to be uh, this kind of beer, and that kind of beer, and this kind of thing, and five... And then he pauses, and they're all, like, drawn into him because of the pause. And he goes, car bombs, is that right? Like, he overemphasizes yeah. car bombs. And they finally get it. They're like, oh, shit, he's, we doesn't want us to say Irish car bombs. Right. right? And I was like, I looked over, and uh, after they left or whatever, he come down to see if, you know, I, my drink needed refresh. And I'm like, dude, that was beautiful, man. The way you handled that right there, that was beautiful, man. He's like, I've been doing this job for quite a long time, son, you know, kind of a thing. There was a meme online, probably Reddit, over the past couple of weeks, like yeah. last week or so, and someone had asked a question like, oh, what would be an appropriate drink to toast the, the passing of the queen? And one of the comments was indeed Irish carbine. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Major? Peace. That was great. I loved it. How many drinks have you had tonight, Major? Oh, enough. All of them? Not quite. Not quite all? All right. Still got some more to go? Well, Sunday's tomorrow. Bloody Sunday. 
it's the car bombing, right? You remember? You remember the? How Irish are you? Uh, like not really at all. Close well, to zero. I mean, the only reason that I'm Irish at all is because of the sheer amount of whiskey I've drank. <laughs> I don't know. Well, if if we have to impregnate you in such a way, so shall it be. I don't know if it's showing up because I'm starting to gray in the beard since this is Beard Talk Live. Yeah. Uh, when I was younger, my beard would grow in a, a weird shade of orange. Along with the you know the brown and the other shades. Are you part Irish? Good question. Uh, so well, you yeah. don't know. So I mentioned it to my mom, and they're like, "Like, look at my beard. I've got like you know this orange hair." And my mom goes, "Well, your grandfather might be part Irish. We don't know." And I go, "All right, fuck it. If you don't know, then I don't care." Right. So it's not it's not on my birth certificate, and I'm not going to get ancestry dot com'd. Right. Yeah. I've seen such things. I started getting gray hairs when I was only 19 years old. Sorry to hear that. seriously befuddled me. I bet. How can I be getting gray hairs at 19? Well, you are an old soul. It's a copper deficiency. Is it really? I am an old soul. That is definitely true. And I, I wonder how many of you boys believe that you have lived a life before this one. Because I know damn well I've lived three to five. I, I I'm just I'm I'm trying to pay penance. Yeah. And I'm getting tired of being recycled. I don't know about previous lives, but I could tell you that uh, I have lived I don't know four or five lives already in this life. Uh, That's what I'm talking about, Captain. I told you we was brothers from another mother, buddy. So, are you familiar, Captain, with the lesser-known sci-fi movie, Jupiter Ascending? I've seen this. Is this uh, Mila Kunis? Yes. I've seen this. Okay. So, one of the fascinating concepts uh, of that movie is the idea that there is a finite amount of information that can be stored in human DNA. Right. And so, at some point, in the vast space-time continuum your exact combination of dna is going to come up again right and so that would be like you reincarnated because it is an exact copy of what you are today true like a clone exactly yeah except not cloned from you just manifested throughout time your number comes up again right right what do you think of that major ricky you take me to another fucking realm dude i love it what realm is that that he takes you to? And how much does it cost you? Action of my mind, man. <laughs> Didn't even need to roof him. <laughs> oh, I man. am the fucking dude. <laughs> I am the old soul. I am rock and fucking roll. You know I love you, boys. Right? Yes, sir. Uh, hope, hopefully Peace in a good way, not in a bad way. Peace out. Base. All right, later, Major. Well, that was interesting. We were talking about booze, man. Yeah. Now I'm thirsty. Have a drink. And I got water. Uh Cheers. Yeah, yeah, cheers. Fancy black bottle of water you got there. Me too. This one was specifically gifted to me 
because of the tapered bottom so that the water bottle actually fits in the fucking cup yeah. holder at the gym. Yeah, I could see that, that being annoying. This one happens to fit in my car cup holder. Yeah. But uh, this is the uh, this is not the most popular brand. Uh, oh. there's, a, there's a brand, I don't remember what it is. Hydro Flask. Hydro Flask, yes. Yeah. I have a Dura Flask, which is like, I'm cursed by the GoBot syndrome. Okay. Right? And that is when the Transformers came out... Uh, they were too expensive for my family to be able to afford to buy them for me for like Christmas or whatever, right? And so instead, uh, they could only afford the GoBots, right? And so from then on, I never like even before that, but like I just call it the GoBot syndrome because that's when yep. I realized it was a syndrome. I was like, hey, wait a minute, I'm always getting like the B version of everything, right? Like I don't get I don't get Levi's. I had to get like. Tough skins, right? Okay. Or Wranglers, right? You know, because kind of, Wranglers used to be a mega low budget. They were like the Kia of jeans when Wranglers first came out. Um, and so, like, you know, this happens to me over and over and over again. And now it's to a point where, like, if there's a name brand thing that comes out that everybody likes is talking about, I wait. Okay. I wait until the GoBot version the comes out. <laughs> I well, get that. This, this one is the ultra popular Chinese version. That just happens to be like branded Buzio on Amazon. Oh, I see. So there's, you know, there's at least a dozen different names yeah. for this particular bottle yeah. on Amazon. And guarantee it's all produced in the same Chinese factory, just stamped differently. <laughs> it's the same fucking thing. There's no reason for it. They might come. They might come with like different lids or something. I don't know oh, why yeah. I picked this one in particular. Well, I'm sure the same is true with Dura Flask instead yeah. of Hydro Flask. Like, well, I mean, like th- yeah. I got two lids with this one, yeah. but two lids for the Chinese one next to it yeah. was different than the two lids that came with this. One. Oh, so I'm pretty sure I picked this one because it had you know the straw and the pour spout or yeah. whatever happened to me. I'm like, ah, I'll take those two. Yeah, but whatever. Buzio. Buzio. Uh, what were we talking about? Booze. Drinking. Booze, weed, weed, legal stuff, all the stuff. I'm stuff. totally unfamiliar and unqualified to talk about. Yeah, but you did great. I don't think. Yeah. Oh, you profession now. <laughs> I don't know about that, but you know, certainly bordering on it. Yeah, you know, I would think so. Anyway, it's really weird, like talking into microphones frequently. Um, you know, having an idea that you know there's this technology behind re- reproducing voice to people far away. That's just I mean, if you think about it, it's pretty magical. It would be weird if nobody was listening. Not nobody, nobody, but yeah. no one was listening. Because then we could just have this conversation and not have to hear each other through the headphones. <laughs> like, you're two feet away from yeah. me. I could just hear your natural it, voice. It, it actually helps me, though, because I don't have to strain my voice as much. Okay. Uh, although, you know, in a room with, like, no noise going on, it wouldn't be a big deal. Um, to hallucinate. Yeah, but, see, I wouldn't be able to hear you whisper like oh, that. Okay. I, yeah, microphone. Whisper talk live. <laughs> Whisper beards. Whisper beards. Whisper through <laughs> that beards. Sounds, that sounds like yeah. That sounds like some sort of a product we haven't invented yet. Whisper beards. By menin. By menin. <laughs> Not women in, but menin. Um, maybe he's born with it. Maybe it's whisper beards. I. I like booze. I like beer. Yep. I still really love beer. I want to brew beer. I don't know about professionally, but at least at home. But I want to brew like a lot of it. I don't yeah. want to brew like 
you know, five gallons, right? I want to brew like 50 gallons and then, you know, keg it and bottle it and give it away to my friends or whatever. But like, I'm not drinking beer right now. So? But so like, I'm like, well, why would I want to make a thing that I can't even enjoy myself? Same reason they tell drug dealers don't get high off your own supply. What's the problem with that? Getting high off your own supply? Yeah. No, why would they tell drug dealers that? To not get high off your own supply? Because your, your job is to sell the fucking thing. Right, but I'm not talking about it being my job. I'm talking about being like my hobby. I know. But if, if you want to make it a hobby, you could totally still make it a hobby, right? And but get... I've got to be able to taste the final product. Why? That's a choice. Well, no, you have to. Otherwise, how do you know it's any fucking good? You give a sample of it to your friends. You go, here, dude, try this. Let me know what you think. Without trying it first. I mean, I hear what you're saying. And I know that my mom cooks food that she doesn't eat, yeah. and she doesn't taste it. She just goes, fucking made dinner, hope you like it. <laughs> made, made it differently for 20, 30 years, but you know, here's what it is tonight. I don't think I could recommend somebody drink something that I made without me first having drank it. Why not? Seems like a, a, seems like a bad decision. Seems like a poor thing to do. When was the last time you walked into a bar and the bartender took a sip of your beer before he handed it to you? No, no, no. The bartender doesn't make the beer. Okay. Right? But I guarantee you that the brewer takes a sample. Okay. Maybe. No, I guarantee you. Okay. Uh, I Only because I have, uh, I know a guy who owns a brewery and uh, one of my friends used to work at one of Seattle's bigger uh, microbrews. So what what would the, what would it matter if you were doing the brewing and you had a taste tester to go like here no it's a little too hoppy captain or whatever I don't know how those phrases work yeah but that's about right that's, okay that's your approximation but then I got to hire a guy why do I want no to hire you a you have a friend if you have a friend you'd be like dude I just brewed a batch well it certainly isn't going to be you I mean it it would be a terrible <laughs> idea to be me because you would hand me the sample and I'd be like, be like it doesn't taste taste, like shit. Like, doesn't it taste like fireball it sucks. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah. So I I'd be a terrible <laughs> taste tester. But if you if you hang out with as many, you know, uh beer drinking libertarians as there are in the area, you just go here, take a sip of this. Yeah, there's Let me only know. like 3 or something. Whatever. No, there's more than that, okay. but you know. But it because I'm not drinking beer, I'm not going out as much either. Okay. Right. It's easier on the wallet. You well, know. then you have plenty more time to do the brewing. Well, yeah. I thought I, I, I have this thing. I don't know what it is. It's like when I have a bunch of time, I go, "Oh, great! I have a bunch of time. I'm gonna get this done and that done and the other thing done. I got all these. I have so many projects that are like half started, half finished, or just maybe in their infancy of an idea. Whether it's musical projects, whether it's stuff with the house, whether it's you know, other things that I want to like do or be or, you know, kind of a thing. And like, I just, I get, I get like 1% of them done, you in, know, in the self-development world, which I was, I guess still kind of am, but not practicing. Yeah. Um, the term for that is like spaghetti brained because you that just sounds accurate. Right. And it's, I don't want to call it a deficiency, but it stems from a fear Right. Like I'm afraid of who I will be or what will happen if I actually complete this project because my life is going to be different once I do. And so I start things and then never get around to finishing it for fear of whatever it is on the other end. I I understand what you're saying. I think that it's maybe less complex than that. I think it's just that my attention span isn't 
Okay. Right. I think that like I have this, like I could get hyper-focused on a thing, right? And then like spend 10 minutes on it and then like just shift to a whole other thing. Yeah. And then spend 10 minutes on that and then like forget about it for like months and come back to it later. Oh yeah, I forgot I started that. Right. So what is it? So at the fundamental level, right? Human behavior is, you know, pleasure, pain, love, fear, whatever dichotomy you want to do. So when you give up on a project, is it because you're running toward the pleasure of another project or running from the fear of that one? Like if you want to simplify it down to like the core essence, it's one of those two things. I think it's just that I I want too much. Okay. Right. And and I mean volume, right? Sure. You know, like I'm I'm not able to specialize. Or I am actually able to specialize just fine. Uh but the amount of things that it, like to me it's a, it's a quantity problem, not necessarily a desire problem or ability. Right? I have lots of abilities, right? but I have a finite amount of time right. and energy, right? And so I I just figure if I start a bunch of things, I'll eventually come back around to it. Sure. You know, and Maybe. then, you know, and I'll, the ones that are important, I guess, important enough to finish, I'll finish. Eventually. And But what if you finish them now, right? Well, I have to neglect a whole bunch of things to finish each one. But you neglect things anyway because you right. always jump from project to project to project. Right, and that's how I get the, like, 1% of the things done. Okay. <laughs> Is like it just like I don't know if it's a natural ebb and flow, right? Where the this one percent of things sort of gets done, and and that's you know like yeah. uh, doing the work, doing the show, and you know doing some music occasionally, right? That's kind of the one percent of things that I get done. Okay. Um, I've I mean I haven't even ever brewed beer myself. Okay. I've, I've seen the process many times. Uh, I've. Uh, witnessed it uh, both at a brewery and at a couple of different friends of mine doing homebrew. So yeah. I have a good idea of what it looks like in the stages and the equipment I mean, needed. I was at a Sears so. during Christmas time and they had like the homebrew beer kit. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that looks cool. I'm never going to drink it. I didn't buy it, but I you know, called my buddy who yeah. was you know, underage. I'm like, dude, do you want to like start brewing beer? Like, Get the kit. It never happened, but yeah. it's, it's obviously as simple as as that to but, get started but like you um you know i'm not just gonna grab a th- i'm gonna like look into what kind of kits are there how big are they right how, yeah. you know and then i don't want just like the kit i could buy off the i want the one that i gotta order that's got right. the shiny that's the heavy duty one that i can you know uh, so now i'm like spending serious money on beer right and that's the motivation right there man or the demotivation because it's like well now i gotta wait till i got that amount of money or oh. or space or both right because like brewing beer takes up some space uh yeah. you know you can do small batches like i could do uh you know like uh kegs sure you know just do uh you know one keg or these corny kegs as they call them uh they're five gallons uh, in the corny kegs and uh you know easy enough and the equipment cost has been coming down over the years but of course they keep adding like more features and stuff to it um they have all sorts of stuff they have something called a biak that's brew in a container 
So you don't need to have multiple different containers to do the brewing. Okay. You still need to do a bunch of stuff to it at the right times and all that kind of stuff. Sounds like you've already started some of the research. Yes. Yes. Uh, in fact, I have, you know, links and like, uh, okay. you know, saved stuff about like what kind of gear I would like to have, what kind of canner I'd like to have because I'd like to go straight to canning. They have something called Crowlers, which is really just a big can. Okay. <laughs> it's like. I think it's three, but is it two beers? Is it 32 ounces? I think it's 32 ounces. It's a 32-ounce can. Okay. And basically, uh, you order the can, and then when you want your beer or whatever, you fill the can, and you put it in this device, and it's a manual device with a little handle crank on it, and you put this lid on it, and it seals the beer. Nice. Now, it doesn't stay as fresh as like uh, an industrial canned beer, so you have to be real aware of like, you know, stamping a date on it and all that kind of thing. But it's a temporary canning thing. I've looked at automated canners. Man, they have, there are some nerdy automated canners that actually put the little bit of nitrous after the beer. It fills the beer from the bottom, so it puts a like a tube in the beer, and it fills the beer from the bottom so that it doesn't build up the head. Okay. And then once it gets to, you know, it's got sensors on it, and once it gets to the filling point, uh, it stops the fill of the beer and it drops just a little bit of nitrous on it before the lid goes on and it gets sealed. And that nitrous keeps takes all the rest of the oxygen out of the thing, okay. keeps it from turning into bitter beer. So it keeps the beer fresh, longer, can't. that's a pro-quality style. And, like, we're talking five grand or something for one of these uh, canners. Okay. So not that expensive in the realm of buying professional-style I mean, brewing equipment. That's That's kind of how I ended up in the self-development courses to begin with, right? Because I, I, my boss, when I got into, when I got into like door-to-door sales, yeah. right, my boss had already done the class. And so he, he didn't pitch it to us. He told us about it. And he said, I'm going to teach you some sales techniques yeah. that I've taken from this class, but apply to sales and what will make you a successful salesperson. Okay. Um, and then, we both got out of that company, whatever. And then a customer walked into the convenience store gas station that I was working at, found out that I knew this guy. And this particular customer just would not leave me alone about this class, right? Like every time he'd come in, like, hey, doing another class, brother. I'm like, you should, you should come check it out. Yeah. And at one point when I, when I had decided I was going to do it, right, I, you know, I sat down with him and he's like, well, it's like 420 bucks for this first class. And I was like, well, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to sell. 420 bucks? Uh, whatever. Yeah, I mean, it was, but it, <laughs> irrelevant. It, was, it actually was 420, I believe. I could find the receipts if I needed to. Weird. And whatever. It's because it was 520 discounted for whatever reason. But I had already decided to go, right? And for the, you know, so I already knew the price. I already knew. I was like, just fill out the fucking paperwork and take my money. Yeah. Right? And I justified it because as I thought about my life up until that point, right? I went, I have pissed away well more than 420 bucks on shit that doesn't matter right. in the least. Right. The least I can do is piss away another 420 bucks on the hope that this class will be of some benefit to my life and it'll be worth the investment. Yeah. Right? And it totally was because I pissed away way more than that sure. with this organization um, over you know the course of several years, right, right. Uh, so when it when it comes to things like that, right, it, for me, it's 
it's it can be a waste, but it's also gotten to the point where if I really if I really wanted something like that badly or, or had a desire to get into a hobby that much, um, it would it would be well worth the price. And several years ago, you know, my life changed about a year ago. Yeah, I, w- I don't want to say for the better. Clearly, wasn't for the better. Um, but I was tracking right to become like a legitimate firearms instructor. Right, right, right. And so I pissed away a whole bunch of money on classes. Right. To get certified and you know officialized or whatever. Yeah, yeah. To do this, and then it it did not work out, and it might. It may it may work out in the future, yeah. But the last year had no chance of working out. Right. I'm not going to get into that here. Sure. Um, but it was also like the the main reason for that was because getting into firearms. Where I went, fucking things are expensive. Yeah, they are. How am I going to afford all this fun shit that I want? Yeah. I went. You know what? I'm just going to start teaching people how to use it. Right. Right. And then whatever money I get from teaching the classes i can use to buy more fucking firearms to use in the classes seems legit seems legit but having having made no money back from that endeavor yeah and having spent thousands of dollars on that endeavor it seems like it wasn't worth it but yet who the fuck cares right like i tried well you know i i made the attempt i gave it a go i failed i wasted some money yeah who cares right i learned a lot along the way that may be beneficial in the future. Who knows? I have put, I don't even know, at, at least a solid down payment on a nice house uh, into musical gear. Okay. Over the course of my life. Maybe more than that. Like I, 50 grand, 100 grand. I don't know. Okay. I have over time. Right? Yep. So not, I'm a kind of a, I'm kind of a frugal buyer when it comes to that kind of gear. Uh, I'm, I'm never buying the first generation of anything, especially if it's got software in it, because I want all the bugs to be worked out before I buy a version. Luck with that. Usually by the second gen. I mean, you never get them all, but like, you know, at least by the second firmware release, if it's, okay. you know, got some software in it, you're, you're going to be way better off than one of the guys who first gets it and discovers a problem and has to wait for that. Yeah. Firm. Like, I hate that shit. I, I hear what you're saying. And I guess my general fear is that we've moved into a realm of technology and society where everything is a constant work in progress. It is, yeah. But again, I wait for the yeah. 1.2 version or whatever, yeah. right, instead of the 1.0. It used to be like, product finalized, this is it, tough shit, right? Yeah. Next time you got to wait, buy a new one. Yeah, no, everything is like auto-update, it's got to be connected right. to the fucking internet, all that right. shit. Nonsense. Anyway, that's not, I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk okay. about the amount of money that I put into musical gear far exceeds the amount of money I ever got out of performing music. Right. But I have zero regrets. Right. Why is that? Because it was a hobby and you enjoyed it, and it wasn't about making the money. So but I, but that, that was the goal. That's the reason that I put all that money into it was because okay. I wanted to put together a band and, you know, make money off of it and, you know, get signed or whatever that was. Right? Okay. That, that used to be the dream, right? You know, coming up in the 80s, that was, oh, yeah, I got to start a band, got to get signed. And I shit. mean, if you could, if, I you mean, know? if you want to like be to self-analyze a little bit here, again, along with the spaghetti brain stuff, it's, it's yeah. likely a fear of success. I don't... Um, I disagree with that. Okay. At least when it comes to doing the music thing. Um, I think that... (laughs) 
I'm trying to remember what the what the phrasing is. It it used to be there were hundreds of bands selling millions of albums, and now there's millions of bands selling hundreds of albums. Yeah. And uh, by the time, like, I got to a point where we could like record our own stuff, right? Rather than paying, like, recording studios are super fucking expensive. Yeah. Um, and so once I got to a point where like I could record my own stuff. I got just a, just enough ahead of the curve to like be a band and put out some CDs and you know release them and all that kind of stuff, but behind it enough to where like we were already too old to like be considered an, a young up and coming band. Sure. And so the only way for us to go was DIY, which we did, and we were able to manufacture our own. Like I mean, you keep saying the the word success, and like I had success with what I did. It's just that it didn't become a paying job. Okay. Right? So, like, we were able to record all our own shit for, you know, in one band in particular, 10 years. Um, well, then that's why you don't feel bad about it. Because uh, in your mind, you are a success. Right? Yeah. Uh, we printed our own CDs. We would, you know, put the stickers on the CDs ourselves, give them out, you know, sell them, whatever it was, right? We'd hustle our T-shirts. We'd hustle our uh, any other merch that we could, you know, manufacture. Um, you know, go play live shows, all that kind of stuff. And I had a great time. Don't get me yeah. wrong. I did tire of, we'll call it the music industry. Uh, I like to refer to this particular portion as the gigging industry, the part where you have to book shows and go and play the shows. And I tired of everything except okay. for playing the show. So what I mean by that is, the phone calls you got to make to like get the gig to you know schmooze with the right people who are the booking agents at the venues or the bars uh and the constant contact you have to keep with those people to just be on their radar so that if something comes up they're like oh let's call this guy let's call the captain he's got a band he's pretty good those guys show up you know because musicians are flaky as fuck right yep. um so you put in a bunch of effort there to do it uh then there's the actual gig night itself where like you got to move your you know ten twenty thousand dollars worth of band gear and a van that probably somebody spent 500 bucks on to go play a gig to where the whole band might earn 50 bucks yeah so again coming from the self-development side of things and and you have previously talked about manifestation yeah here on this show right internalizing that trope can hinder your success. Sure. Yeah. Because you're always expecting to load $5,000 a gear into a $500 van to go make 50 bucks split five ways. I mean, that wasn't every gig. Understood. Like, there were gigs that we got paid, right? But right. like, but the trope is there. Yeah. It's it's true. The tropes, are, the tropes are a trope because they're based in fact. But they're not based in fact for everybody. Right? Like, it's it's hard... It's hard for sure. people who haven't considered these things yeah. to accept some of the truisms. Right. Um, in 2016, I've shared this on the show before. In 2016, I got hit by a car. Yeah. Right. And broke my leg. Yeah. Like a week before my birthday. So my birthday party had to be, well, whatever. Fuck it. My birthday party you had to. to sympathy, p- though. Yeah, whatever. Uh, they, had to, <laughs> they had to move the venue of my birthday party because we we're going to do it at a friend's house. Yeah. And she had a long ass driveway <laughs> that went down a hill and around the corner. And, went, and yeah, a bunch I'm not, of stairs. And, right, yeah. exactly. I'm like, I'm not going to be a fucking make, I'm, you know, I'm barely getting out of bed. Yeah. I can't walk. I'm on crutches, you know, whatever. Everyone, we're, we're fucking moving into my house or my mom's house because I 
moved in with her for a little bit while I, when I broke my leg. Yeah. So we have everyone over, and one of my friends comes up to me, and you know the first thing out of his mouth after giving me a hug was like, "How the fuck did you manifest this, Rich? Mm. You know, like how are you, Rich, going to take responsibility for what happened to you?" Yeah. And I went, you know, I think I was just burnt out at work and I needed a break, and so I got one. Huh. I'm out of work for two months. Right, I was out of work for two months, just but no no stress aside from the healing of the leg. Yeah, right. But I, you know, if if I if I did like a deep down reflective meditation on how I ended up with a broken leg, it's because I was burning out at work. Interesting, right? And then the thing that I would share with him that I wouldn't share in court, right? And also taking responsibility is because I was riding a moped, and even though the other driver was at fault, the reason I got hit is because I got distracted for like three seconds, and that was it, right? It was 10 o'clock at night. Yeah. I'm driving down, you know, uh, it was was like a highway in Hawaii, but it's three lanes going one way and three lanes going the other way. Yeah. I'm in the middle lane. There's a bus in the right lane, and there's a car in the left lane and they're ahead of me so I can see them. Right. And all of a sudden the car in the left lane makes a right hand turn in front of me and in front of the bus onto this road. Right. And as I'm going through that same intersection that the car just fucking made an illegal right hand turn. Yeah. I turned my head to look at the car and I was thinking, what the fuck was that guy doing? And then when I turned my head back, Boom, that's when the other car Damn. making the illegal left-hand turn was there. Right. And had I not taken my eyes off of where I was going to find out what the fuck this asshole was doing, right. I would have saw that other car coming and could have, maybe could have made evasive maneuvers to get out of the way. Right. Or stop or slam on the, or whatever, instead of being basically blindsided by the time it's too late. That sucks. Well, it sucks, but again, it's how are you, the individual, taking responsibility for what has happened to you? Well- I needed a break from work. I got distracted. Completely my fault. Never going to admit that in court, right? Because I want my fucking settlement money, and I want that. I want that dude held accountable. Yeah. Um, and the only reason I wanted the dude held accountable is because he tried to hit and run. Uh, he Ooh. dragged my moped like three blocks down the lane under the front of his SUV. I'm like, all right, fuck that guy. Yeah. I could have been forgiving if he had stopped or whatever, but no, he yeah. tried to run. So the full force and weight of the state <laughs> government upon him. Yes. I, but he settled, so I didn't even have to testify or anything. Oh, yeah. well, there you go. Yeah. So you got your break. I did. But, it, you know, how, did you, how did you manifest? you broke right, yourself. Right. You needed a break. How did you manifest this, Rich? <laughs> and so I think about that, yeah. you know, in, in other things that go right or go wrong in my life. I, like I, how did I manifest this? What is the lesson? What am I going to be? What's the takeaway going to be? I do a thing, and you, I, I don't know what the term for it is i'm sure there is a term maybe there isn't i don't know i can't be the only person who does this so there's a uh there's a negative reinforcement that a lot of people do right sure uh something goes wrong in their life and they're like fuck this sucks and then immediately or you know within a reasonable amount of time something else also goes wrong and they're like fuck what else could go wrong a lot and then inevitably something goes wrong because they said, fuck, what else can go wrong? Exactly. And something does go wrong. And they're like, fuck, what else can go? And something else goes wrong. And they can find themselves in this like sort of 
perpetual negative energy kind of a thing. Now, knowing that and having seen that happen to people that I, I love and care about, um, I took it upon myself one day to try and catch myself in positive reinforcement situations. I'm like, what if I can flip that? What okay. if instead of what if instead of creating negative reinforcement situations, I could create positive reinforcement situations? For example, okay. something goes right. A little thing, right? You know, like you got the exact change back for whatever you were buying. You're like, ah, what else can go right? The gas pump stops immediately on $40. Yeah, or right at the you know, yeah. mark or whatever, you know. Uh, and you're like, hey, that's awesome. What else can go right? Yeah. And I've found, I'm not... I'm not really super effective at it, but I found that it works. Well, not super effective, but keep practicing. Yeah. Keep doing it. Uh, it, it certainly has been effective. I, it's just getting it to be consistent frequently and keeping myself, you know, riding the wave. The, yeah. the problem that I, uh, it's not really a problem. Finish a project before moving on to the next one. For example. Um, one thing that happens, though, is that I, I'm aware that there's, a natural ebb and flow to human life, right? I'm never going to be able to ride the positive wave all the time because that just means a, a bigger negative is on its way. If you say so. Well, if you believe in a, in a in a balance to life, then that's the natural way of things. It doesn't, okay, yes, and it doesn't have to always balance in your life, right? It's it, a universal it, balance. Right, it, it could balance out somewhere else, right? right. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, you're correct there. That's true. Uh, but uh, it's a thing that I've been trying and I've been using. And it's, I mean, I find it effective. Like if you, it. if you just say to yourself, well, what else can go right? Yeah. Inevitably something does. But also remove the thought that it has to balance in your life and that a negative is around the corner. Yeah. That doesn't serve anybody. What, what is the term for that? This, this catching yourself. Uh, I was reminded of it reading a book called The One-Minute Manager. Okay. And The One-Minute Manager uh, is, it's a short book. Uh, if anybody's in management, you should read it. Um, I've only got a minute. It, it'll it take longer than a minute. Son of a bitch. But what it teaches you is um, how to uh, talk to employees, if you're a manager, uh, in a way that is positively reinforcing. Okay. Um, it talks about things like, uh, if you're going to have to reprimand your employee for any reason, uh, you want to start the conversation with a positive, then the negative, and then end with the positive. The shit sandwich. The shit sandwich, yes. Uh, but it also gives tips on like uh, how to communicate positively uh, with, and this will sound weird, but with touch, right? Now, a lot of HR people out there, you know, office workers. Uh, <gasps> I'm going to put my no, hand no, no. on your shoulder. And and that's what it is. It's, or it could be as simple as like a high five or a fist bump, something like that, where like you just communicate with them physically when it's it's about catching them doing the job correctly, catch okay. them doing stuff right. And then just like, hey, man, bam, fist bump, right? You know, yeah. or pat on the shoulder or whatever, right? Uh, so that reminds me of this sort of positive reinforcement thing. Okay. Where like... Instead of catching your employees, you catch yourself having something go right the way you wanted it to go. And you go, oh, yeah. that's great. What else can go right? I mean, I don't know if the if it's the term you're looking for, but it just sounds like um, behavioral reinforcement, right? I, I just feel like people don't point it at themselves. 
they pro- well okay like i had never pointed positive reinforcement at myself like i was a manager of some people and i read this one minute manager book and i was doing those things and they were effective techniques yeah right you know and i'm like oh great i learned something you know i learned a, a skill right you know a management skill and so i like put that in my you know little away box and if i'm ever in a position again where i'm managing people i just remember that you know i got this information there and that'll be a valuable skill i put it on my resume you know all that kind of thing Never once did I think to, like, treat myself in that same way. Yeah. If, again, if I had to take a guess, it's because the vast majority of people are not comfortable looking internally and taking responsibility no. for themselves. Right? In order, to, in order to recognize those behaviors in yourself, positive or negative, you have to really be looking at yourself and what you're doing right and or wrong and what, what, the, what you should be doing right and or wrong, right? And then you can put those things into practice. Right. But if you're never looking at yourself as like what I'm doing, you know, how how is this serving me, right? Is it is it serving me positively or is it serving me negatively? Then there's nothing to reinforce. You just continue on with whatever pattern you're doing. Right. And then the other aspect of that is like pattern interruption, right? When you catch yourself doing something wrong, you must immediately change and flip the script and do something different. Right. Otherwise, your brain literally form synapses that reinforce the bad behavior. Right. Which is why habits are easy to form and hard to break. I was, we were talking about smoking earlier. That's a habit yeah. that I've, that I no longer partake in. I quit smoking for philosophical reasons though. Okay. Don't want to fund big tobacco and Philip Morris. Mm, it's a higher level than that. Um, so I was, I was at a friend of mine's gig in the Seattle area. They were playing a show, and I went, still a smoker. I had been trying to quit on and off. You know, I did the Chantix thing. I did the Patch thing. I did the nicotine gum thing. And I really enjoyed smoking. I really did. I, you know, it was a part of me and my personality. If I'd get a new job, I'd immediately find out who the cool people were by meeting them in the smoking area. <laughs> There's like a little subculture around smoking, too. Yeah. You know? Cool kids do it. Cool kids, hot chicks. Yeah. And so, um, I, and I had started sort of coming around to anarchism, voluntarism, uh, philosophically, you know, through the, you know, the celebritarians and, you know, reading the internets and all that kind of thing. And, uh, I'm at this thing and I'm outside and like there was, I think we smoked some weed or something. And so, um, somebody said something and I just went on this rant about, you know, Basically, statism means that human beings are slaves. Yep. Right. And that's the. I said it in way, f- way more words than that. And you know, I I'd been drinking, and so like I I don't know. There were like five six people standing around listening to you know, Reverend Captain Kickass right early preaching right. You know, I'm like whoa right. These people are actually listening to what I'm saying. And then uh, my buddy Mike, who's in the, the second band that was going to go on that night, he overheard all this. He comes over and he's like, hey man. So, so you really don't like slavery, right? And I'm like, yes, that's correct. And you don't want everybody to be slaves, right? I'm like, absolutely. You're picking up what I'm laying down, you know? And he's like, well, then how come you're a smoker? And I'm Uh. like, I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, well, you're RJ Reynolds, bitch, dude. You're their fucking slave. Think about it, man. You give them all this money. What do you get out of it? Nothing closer to death. Right, you're their fucking slave. Like he just went, he like yelled at me. Right, you know what I mean. And it wasn't like a, 
you know, I'm going to kick your ass yell, but it was like he heard my rant about slavery and then was basically calling me a hypocrite. If I'm going to be against slavery, why am I myself a slave to the sure. tobacco? And I never thought of it in those terms before. I was like, you know, so it kind of hit me. And so the show went on and the night went on and I was still smoking or whatever. And uh, I got a cab home because I've been drinking or whatever. And I get home and I'm I'm having a cigarette. I smoked outside, right? So I didn't smoke in the house. Having a cigarette on the, on the front step of my, my apartment. And uh, I just kept hearing, I go, you're a fu- you're R.J. Reynolds bitch. You're a fucking slave, right? And I'm like, I looked at my cigarette and I'm like, I really am R.J. Reynolds bitch. I'm, fuck this, man. I'm nobody's fucking slave. And I put All my right. cigarette out and that was the last time I had a cigarette. I'm a bitch to big beef then. A what? Big beef. Fucking hamburgers and steaks and. Are you their slave, though? No. Like, because when you eat burgers and steaks or whatever, right, you're getting nourishment. Okay. You're actually achieving a positive. All right. Right. When you smoke a cigarette, there's nothing positive going on other than the illusion that you may be relieving stress. That's how cigarettes okay. sell themselves. But it is an illusion. If you look at the facts, yeah. that's what cigarettes do to you. I never understood that either, what cigarettes. Yeah. It's, it's an illusion that you are obtaining stress relief. So- uh, you know, having a bad day at work, fuck, I need a cigarette. And you go outside, you have a cigarette, like, okay, I'll go back to work now. Not only that. You, you, the psychological aspect is that you're like, oh, I've been relieved of my stress, now it's safe to go back. It's weird that the psychological aspect of cigarettes overwhelms the actual physical aspects of it. Because I never understood yeah. why people smoke to relax and nicotine is a stimulant. Right. Right? right. It does the fucking exact opposite right. of your stated goal. Right. So, like, and I knew all of these things, you know, but I smoked anyway. Right. Uh, you know, when I was growing up, lots of people in my family smokers. Even to this day, lots of them are smokers. Um, and so, you know, and I was like, I know this is bad. I know it's horrible. I know, it, you know, it'll probably fucking kill me, you know. And I used to justify it like this. I used to say, you know what? If I die of smoking cigarettes, I will have lived a full a happy and prosperous life. Why would I say something like that? (laughs) I would say something like that because uh, if my life has been so good that I've been able to afford these expensive bastards, right, then I know for a fact that I'm going to put certain things before that. Food, shelter, clothing, you know, uh, all the necessities of life are going to come before probably beer, right? Going to come before cigarettes, right? Okay. And so that was my justification for, you know, well, if I die from cigarettes, so what? I will have lived a full, healthy, and otherwise prosperous lifestyle. I would have been prosperous enough to afford the fucking cigarettes on top of all the other shit that life throws at you. Ironically, I had a friend who tried to quit smoking like that. He would buy the expensive smokes. Yeah. Right? And he goes, well, it's I only smoke the expensive stuff. Right. But now I can't afford it. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that that sort of revelation was part of my, you know, uh, awakening, if you will, not being woke, but my awakening to voluntarism, right? Okay. Or at least to the philosophies of freedom, because I was like, I went on this, you know, righteous rant about how people are slaves to the state. And I, I it was spot on near as I could tell. Yeah, we do. Um, and like, I was just like. I really am R.J. Reynolds, bitch. So, Sorry, I glanced over and yeah, saw the no, light. Uh, Beard Talk Live, who the fuck is this? Uh, well, it's, uh, it's your female side of your conscience calling you. Rob! Oh, sounds like Rob. 
<laughs> Bad slave. How the hell are you? <laughs> hey, Dave. How you doing? <laughs> hey, what's going on, Bill? How you guys doing? Uh, pretty good, Pete. What's on your mind? You so, got a, uh, you got you got a few minutes. Uh, okay, so you guys were talking about uh, cigarettes of all things. Yep. Uh, oh man, I was uh, a quitter and a never starter. Lungbusters. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just another nail in your coffin. That's right. You know, but uh, uh, I had a hell of a time trying to quit smoking, not because I didn't want to try, but uh, I just, I did it wrong. I mean, I told people that I knew the smoke, that I wasn't going to, that I was going to try to quit. And I didn't realize that I wasn't going to get any support from them. Yeah. You know, because they tease you with the cigarettes or blow smoke in your face. And, and it was a daunting task for a long time. But uh, uh, I had to come up with a way to, to figure out how sort of how to trick myself into this and so okay you know, you know one day i just decided you know what that's it i'm done and when i said this i didn't tell anybody and i waited long enough so when somebody notices hey you don't smoke anymore i could confidently say yeah it's been a struggle but i didn't pick up any cigarettes nice and I kept trying to reinforce that idea. You know, like, for instance, I learned that to buy the cap, the patches and the gums and all that kind of shit, mm-hmm. it was more expensive, <laughs> you know, than it yeah. was the cigarettes. Right. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, uh, cigarettes always kept me broke. You know, they robbed me of my breath. They make you stink. And... You, know, you didn't get any respect from people that didn't smoke. Yeah. Just different things, you know. That yeah. kind of reminds me of a joke. You know, guy walks up to a smoker and goes like, you know, if you quit smoking now in like 10 years, you could afford a Ferrari. <laughs> yeah. Smoker goes, do you smoke? The guy goes, no. He goes, where the fuck is your Ferrari? Uh, nice. nice. <laughs> so, Rob, what finally got you to quit? I I just hadn't had enough and I had wanted to quit many times before, but I just, you know, I gave in or, or just, you know, pure pressure and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah. my main reason was I want to live longer. You know, uh, it w- really was a, a, a tough, you know, a couple of two or three months, but you know, after this length of fucking time went by, I just said, you know what? I didn't even look back. You know, I kind of look at things like, well, like how Lemmy would look at things. Okay. Don't look too far ahead. Don't look too far behind. Hmm. A lot of times the quitting is your social group, too. Because as you said, Captain, when you start smoking, you go hang out with the smokers and the cool kids. Right. Right. And then you try to quit. Well, well, who are you hanging out with? You're still hanging out with the smokers and the cool kids. Right. And and the cigarettes create a sort of a uh, a social currency. Right, because uh, dude, bum me a smoke, dude, bum yeah. me a smoke, dude, bum me a smoke, and then when you're out, you're like, dude, can I bum a smoke? Can I bum a smoke? And so, you get this, uh, this, the psychological favor effect, right? That kind of becomes currency. Like, dude, you always bum cigarettes for me, right? Or, dude, I'm always bumming cigarettes to you. You owe me, 
You know, okay, dude, here, have a cigarette or two. You know what you need to do? You need to put that on the blockchain and just fucking pass around karma to each other. (laughs) One karma for one cigarette. Well, Rob, you cut out there for a minute. What were you saying? I I said there's a reward, you know, for not smoking. And that is, is that you always end up with all this extra money that, you know, that, uh, you didn't have before. Oh, seriously. No, like when I quit, all of a sudden I could afford better beer. <laughs> and then <laughs> and then all of a sudden I'm putting on weight because I've reduced my uh, metabolism because I'm no longer doing the smoking the stimulants, right? Uh, because uh, cigarettes do act as, as a bit of a weight control device. And then add into it better beer. So I'm no longer drinking like Bud Light and Miller Light and Coors Light, right? I'm drinking like microbrew shit, right? Uh-huh. Which has weight. Way more carbs and way more grain and, you know, because it's got more flavor, right? But it's also, like, going to put the pounds on much quicker. So, yes, indeed, quitting smoking uh, certainly gives you more money. Uh, Rob, we are out of time. Do you want to take us out with some cussing, man? I want to hear you cuss. Yeah. So uh, this is, what, the fifth or sixth episode of Fifth Episode 5. Beard Talk Live, Episode 5. Yeah, and, the peak uh, the, of Beer Talk the Live. Peak, the fucking peak of Beer Talk Live. There we go. Thanks for the call, Rob. We appreciate you. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks to all the callers. Thank you, Richie Rich, for being the guest beard on episode five of Beard Talk Live. Have a good night, everybody. We'll see you next time.